Hey yo, welcome back. Episode number 44 of the Mega Late Show, the number one hip-hop and dope culture podcast. Every Friday, me and Late are always featuring Tokyo's dopest artists, creatives, multi-hyphenates, anyone full of acid and vigor, pretty much anybody dope. And uh, yo, I want to give a shout out to our guy Submerse. He was supposed to be here today on third mic, but unfortunately he's feeling a little under the weather. Make sure you guys go back and check out the episode with him and Fitz Ambrose. Uh, because that one was really dope and today our guest is a multi-talented musician instrumentalist uh, with a pianist background and i don't even think i can really do all of his uh accolades justice by myself but we are here with aaron chola yo 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 yeah. <laughs> thanks for that man nice, no doubt hey nice is, is that how is that the correct way to pronounce your name by the yeah, way yeah chulai 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 like yeah goes all kind of ways <laughs> I, moved, I moved countries a lot so everywhere i go like people say different a variation of it of some sort yeah you know um do the japanese people have a difficult time pronouncing your name no they say correct oh really yeah yeah too right and even too my first like. name like it um it's supposed to be pronounced Aron. Aron. Yeah, oh, we just okay. have the Japanese say, yeah. Oh. Well, you know, yeah. black substitutes say A-A-Ron. A-A-Ron. No, but, uh, yo, we're really happy to have you here. Could you, um, you know, there, you have such an interesting background. Uh, you, being multiracial, like me, I feel like I connect with you in some type of way because we're kind of weird, futuristic hybrids of yeah, these man. cultures that don't really... It almost feels like they shouldn't come together. But yeah. can you first first can you tell us uh, where you're from and your ethnic background? I think that's kind of cool about your story as well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm from Papua New Guinea, um, which is a small Pacific island just north of Australia. Um, my father's from Australia, but my mother's uh, from Papua New Guinea, mixed Chinese, um, mixed mixed Papua. And yeah, I was born there and spent the first 14 years of my life there, and moved to Australia. Uh, to do high school and live with my dad, which is where I started playing piano. And um, after that, when I was about 19, I moved to the States, uh, to New York, and then from there I moved to Japan. So at the moment, like Tokyo, other than Papua New Guinea, Tokyo is kind of the place that I've lived at the longest. You know, so. Right on, man. And and you grew up, uh, you know, when I was first hearing about you, and I think I, I first heard your music at a show at Batica about two or three years ago, and... Um, somebody was saying yo have you heard this guy Aaron he's like a piano prodigy he's been playing since he was like a child and he's super talented uh with the background in jazz and blues and I said no I haven't heard this guy but that sounds crazy and so your your background is in are, are you a pianist or like a classically trained pianist I guess so I mean it's weird because for a pianist I started quite late like like I said I started when I was 14 most, okay. most pianists start when they're about two or three um, but because I started when I was a little bit older, I think, you know, it was a decision I, a, a decision I made to, to get good at it. So I put a lot of work in and um, I went to a, like a music high school for, you know, talented musicians or whatever. And there I got like a, a training, you know, classical background training. Um, but it wasn't anything like super serious and like I haven't gone and done classical recitals or anything like that. But in, in terms of technique and, and what I studied, like um, it's all classical based. And then, you know, as I got older, like well, about 17, 16, 17, I started getting into a lot of jazz stuff um, and sort of made my living as a jazz pianist and as a composer up until, you know, uh, moving to Japan. Right which on, I, man. Yeah, which I mean, I still play piano all the time here and, and do gigs and stuff like that. But at the moment, like the workload is predominantly being making and producing and stuff like that. Very cool. And yeah. uh, 
yeah, uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more on the podcast, as well as your newest album, which is a collaborative project with Daichi uh, Yamamoto called yeah. Window. Yep. Uh, and that's out on We Nod right now, yeah? Uh, or is it out yet? Because I, I wanted to jazz, buy a copy. It's Jazzy Sport and P-Vine, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. And are there are there copies for sale? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'd like to pick up a physical because that I is fire. And I think that's going to be my weather report for today. So uh, pay attention to the podcast and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Late, let's go ahead and tell them about our sponsor really quick. Yo, shout out to Cal Combs, your friendly neighborhood rapper. This show is partially brought to you in part by calcombs.com. If you go there and you enter the promo code Mega Late Show, no spaces. Don't space that bitch up. Never space that bitch up. And if your total purchase is over $30 or 3,000 yen, you will get 25% off of that purchase. And you can buy all of his projects, such as Insignificant Positivity, Caramel, and 505. Also, our homegirl, unofficial MLS member number 12, 13, uh, Aphrodite's project. You're looking at me to remember the title. All I remember is that there's no ampersand, it's a colon, and it's a love story. Phoenix? It, from Light to Darkness. From Light to Darkness, colon, colon a, love a love story. story. Shalice. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's her regular name. Supergirl name, Shalice. Aphrodite. Yeah. That's right. Also go to check out our guy, uh, Keen Joaquin, for any of your digital media art needs, as well as your business cards. The 3D God has the best business cards in the game right Absolutely. now. And uh, you're going to want to hit him up and check that out. And uh, shout out to Harry Sandwich Company in Harajuku at the old location of uh, Roots Bar and Cafe. Uh, you go there, you'll get the best sandwiches in Tokyo. I can officially say this now because I went to my other favorite sandwich place and I was like, you know what? This isn't as good. And Trash. then I ordered a uh, King George uh, out in Daikanyama and I had that and it's pretty good. It's a oh, very yeah? good sandwich. Not as good as Harry's. Shout out to Harry's Sandwich Co. It's a new spot, and I want everybody to go out there and show some love to a cat out here that's trying to make some good food for the taste buds of people who are slightly varying differently than the Japanese taste buds. So check that out. Good-ass sandwiches. Harry's Sandwich Co. And uh, I'm out there every last uh, Friday doing vibes. So come check out some vibes and some sandwiches. And uh, also... Uh, I want to announce something very quickly. Omega, can you talk for like one second? Yeah, I just passed Aaron the uh, the business card from Keen. He had a chance to look at that. As you can see, it's a really cool acrylic plastic. Dope, and he just hands all these type of cards out to everybody. He makes them in leather. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some business cards made by him soon. I'm thinking of making it in from cardboard. But, you know, it's a really cool little card there. Yeah, it's dope. You can stencil this up on a wall if you want Yeah, to. you know, just throw a little paint over it. Yeah. You do, uh, you write graffiti at all, Aaron? Nah, man. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm going to say online, too. You know? <laughs> Go out in Shinjuku, just see his regular name up there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you can buy the right. records. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, shout out to graffiti and hip-hop turning 45 years old. You know what I mean? It's oh. a little older than that, officially, but, you know, how it is. Oh, Oh, I don't want to get into that debate again. Right. What, what is it you got going on in LA? Uh, I do want to announce on August 31st at uh, Tokyo Midtown at Billboard, uh, the Midnight Hour, a.k.a. Ali Shahid Muhammad and Adrian oh. Young are going to be performing. Uh, so get your tickets and 
yeah go check that out and i'm just gonna leave it at that for right now yeah yeah pay attention to adrian because he's phenomenally talented producer and everybody knows ali shaheed from the world famous tribe called quest Mm. two really great guys and uh, And if you like uh if you watched luke cage then you like these guys because they did the soundtrack oh yeah oh yeah also, um, Adrian did that album with Hieroglyphics Crew, as well as the joint with Ghostface. And so go out and check those out because uh, we're talking about high-level artistry, my folks. And with that said, let's go ahead and get into the temperature check segment of the podcast, which is where we ask our guests and sometimes answer ourselves as well. A bunch of questions just to kind of ascertain what type of musical taste they have and other stuff, like weird stuff. I don't know. Uh, let's go ahead and start that and hit Aaron with some of these questions. Should I? Uh, I'll go ahead and start off with a question that I got from our guy Submerse, who, uh, as I said earlier, couldn't be here today. His question for Aaron was, let me read it directly. He said, "Yeah, man, I wanted to ask him what hap- what about what rappers he would want to work with if he had a choice. Can be from anywhere, anytime." Uh, Doom, Doom's D- Doom all day, straight up Doom. I love um, that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. That's kind of like the only guy, really. <laughs> you know, he maybe Jay J Electronica too would be dope because he can kind of. He seems like a dude that could um, could get down on some some weird stuff like you know, he's, you know, he's got all that stuff with no drums or whatever. But just in terms of rappers and content and flow and stuff, they Doom supposedly have a track together, don't they? They do have a track together, um, a, a track that came out on Doom's like that notebook oh, it did come series. Out. That oh, notebook yeah. series that came out where that. he was doing like the adult swim, like a track That's a week. Like, yeah, yeah. It's actually really good. Um, I played yeah, that I, quite I a bit. I remember there's like a picture of them and Kanye in the studio. Maybe Mad Lib or Just Blaze is also in the picture. Huh. And uh-huh. it's just like, shh, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, Jay Electronic is one of those guys like, yo, where is the content? Like, oh, why man, aren't man. you making any more content? I'll yo, man. Yeah. <laughs> you hook up with a Rothschild, you just like... All right, I'm done. You yeah, know, for like the rest yeah. of my life. I probably would quit too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yo, Doom is a great answer. And, um, you know, as you can see, I got quite a few Doom pictures in here. He's one of my personal favorites. And I think you guys would mesh together really well because, uh, you know, Doom always works well over musical th- musical joints like uh, jazz jazz beats. And yeah. he also has a fine ear himself. So that would be super dope. Yeah, man. That would be a dream come true. But, um, uh, should I ask one more before you go in later? You want to? Uh, yeah, bust it. All right. So um, obviously you're a Doom fan, but when you were 16 years old, who were your favorite MCs? Uh, 16. Can I can I interject really quickly? Yeah. Where were you when you were 16? Were you I in was, Australia? Yeah, I was in Melbourne, Australia. Um, I was I was still listening to a lot of hip hop, but I was listening to a lot of jazz back then too. But um. 16 i would it would have been what 98 maybe yeah so i was listening to tribe um i was listening to tupac uh jay-z reasonable doubt i remember i listened to that going to school every day but yeah i think tribe would have been my favorite like through the 90s and, and buster rhymes actually i listened mm-hmm. to a lot of buster rhymes yeah in the early 2000s stuff around that time yeah like that, um, man. Yeah. I think we're, we're right about the same age. So, like, 98, I was about 16 as well. Right. Actually, uh, I think Doom's first uh, Doom album came out. Doomsday came out in 98 as 98, well. Maybe, 99. Maybe, yeah. maybe late 98, but word. Yeah. I'm most deaf, actually. Most deaf around that time. Probably mm. 17, 18, when the Black on Black's, Both Sides came out. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, that was my shit for years. I, yeah. I actually think, to, to me, that it's, like, a, a, 
a classic top tier album that I don't think gets enough recognition. Yeah. It the sound on it is so varied. You know, it starts off with like a Fela Kuti sample, and there's yeah. all these other there's, there's all these other tracks on there. It's got Umi said and mm. uh, a rock and roll, which I mean mathematics. Yeah. Oh, a, pre- a premiere beat. You know, yeah. it ends with it ends with uh, that kind of jazz piece from May to December. Yeah. Like that for me that album and at the time most def was kind of like the face of hip hop in terms of like true hip hop you yeah. know what i mean that whole yeah. separation from biggie and uh from the kind of opulent mainstream jiggy type of shit speaking yeah. of yeah. he has a children's story on there right where he like talks about puffy ruining hip hop uh that was um black star black star yeah, yeah. Black okay star. okay I'm yeah but no that great great album i wanted to say kind of similar question but since you were living in Australia and you've lived in different places, do you have favorite artists from the places that you've lived? Yeah, definitely, man. Like, um, the, I, the well, not not so so much contemporary artists, but you know, as you were coming up. Yeah, for sure. Like, I was one of those kids where, like, because I guess I started playing the piano, and um, like, it's jazz is kind of like a live music so i would go and hear people every day rather than go and buy records so it was the same with the hip-hop scene too in in australia like i would go see live music rather than buy a ton of records so i was kind of slow with catching up on what was happening outside of my little community of like musicians where i was so around that time like the real answer to that question is is the the people that i was listening to were all local artists really like like bands like ilzilla um, who's the rapper in that band is this dude called Mantra and another guy called Joe Listics who are like pretty um, prominent in the Melbourne hip-hop scene like in the late 90s and stuff uh, and the same with, with uh, jazz musicians too like all my favourite pianists are people that like I, I learnt from and they were my friends and stuff and even out here making beats like I listen to mainly Japanese dudes and the people that I see regularly like you know Buddha Monk and Olive Oil and, and Fitz and Rob you know like I don't I check for what's happening and what's what's going on outside of the community but like I'm really interested in what the people I know are doing that's all I listen to really well there's no shortage of talent out here man like some of the artists you just named not only are they super dope but they also release projects like all the damn time all the time yeah yeah there's always something something to listen to yeah Yeah, absolutely and I think that that's one of the cool things about Tokyo is like there is such a wealth of talented um, artistry out here and a lot of people if you weren't checking you might not hear about them yeah of course like you know guys like Fitz and Buddha Monk reach outside of Japan and get recognition from other places but even just here there's a lot of cats who are just mostly known by Japanese people that, mm, that haven't yeah. blown up outside of it yet yeah. so always somebody to listen to yeah uh, what part of Australia were you living in? in Melbourne so the very south yo Melbourne's but. so fucking dope man have you been there? Uh, yeah I was living there right before I came here oh no shit yeah what, which part? Uh, I was in St. Kilda for a little bit, oh, then shit. I was in Richmond. Oh man, you know what's up there? I used to live in St. Kilda. Actually. Yeah, man, I I really want to go back. I wasn't there long enough. Yeah, such a dope. Great. It's it's a cool cultural city. city. Yeah, man, so cool. You yeah, know, it was uh, Brooklyn Terry that was telling me that yeah. right now Australia, especially Melbourne, has this kind of like early 90s late 80s new york vibe to the culture there not that it's like dark like new york but like there's a real kind of electricity to the scene and just kind of yeah really dope i've never been to australia myself but yeah if i go that's kind of where i wanted to go there or brisbane we just had a speakeasy and uh the one of the guest djs was from melbourne and his whole crew was out there with him 
and they were just like getting live at Speakeasy yeah. and he killed his set too. Like, you know, Speakeasy is usually kind of, you know, feel good, dancing music and, you know, it varies, but he was like playing everything. He was like on that vibe. He was more chilled out than that. He was like playing some trap music and stuff. It was really, really dope. Good set. Word. All right, more temperature check questions. Have you uh, been paying attention to? You, you just mentioned that you mostly listen to Japanese artists, but is there any artists currently that you're really paying attention to, that that perhaps our audience would would know? Um, you mean coming from overseas? No, just oh. any, anybody. I mean, like Kendrick, even you know, like any any anybody. Um, what have I been listening to recently, man? To be honest, like I mean. I wouldn't say they're new artists, but there's been this like wave of you know over 40 year old rappers putting out shit. I'm like I'm checking for that at the moment. I think Word. it's amazing. Word. That, like right on. Like from four 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 four, the second that came out, like realizing what a grown up rapper could sound like was like this huge revelation for me because I'm approaching that age too. It's like wow. So and you know Pusha T and Kanye's new thing and um and Nas and stuff like that like think what you want of, of the actual records like you know I, I don't have an opinion necessarily on the music itself but just to see that happening and, and dudes putting relevant stuff out for me is like really exciting at the moment because to be honest any like this I don't know I don't want to sound like one of the old guys but all the young dudes <laughs> that are coming out with new shit like I don't really understand it yeah you know what I mean um, a lot of, of that stuff is not for us anyways exactly you know, right yeah but there's a cool um, beat maker called Kiefer that I've oh, been yeah. listening to a, yeah. a lot because you know he's a pianist and he makes beats and that guy's dope as fuck kicking it alone and um what is the new one happy sad yeah happy sad oh man that guy is crazy yeah uh um his album uh kicking it alone was one of my favorites from last year and his new joint this year yeah it's got a few a few jams on it that i really enjoy as well yeah yeah no he's he's like he's because it's a it's a hard thing like people think when you make beats and you can play instruments like oh that should be super easy you can just play everything but it doesn't translate like you can't just make some drums and then just play something over the top. It's, if you do that, it tends to sound a bit like acid jazz or something. Right. Like you need shit to be chopped and to be placed in a particular way. Or if you are going to play, there's this, there's a way you have to play the sample that you wouldn't play live. And I haven't heard too many people do it that are convincing. And I can't do it myself. Like I don't think I'm very good at playing over beats. But Kiefer's figured it out. Like. Yeah, yeah, he, he knows what he knows how to do it. Yeah, it's, there's there's some really uh, interesting musical qualities to his uh, his tracks, and, and um, I I love the I love the vibe of them too. It's kind of yeah. like summer music for me. It's kind of yeah. like this this type of weather. So yeah, yeah, great. Lake, do you have uh, any more uh, temperature check questions? I don't think so. We do have we do have three more questions that we'll ask towards the end of the podcast that are kind of the questions that we ask all of our artists. Sure, but um, let's let's go ahead and get into the conversational part of the podcast, which is where we just kind of find out about you know your musical upbringing and uh, what you're doing now and things of that nature. Um, growing up, growing up in Papua New Guinea, yeah. you were there for the first few years of your life. Yeah, until I was about fourteen. Yeah. And, and your mom, your your mother is half Chinese and half indigenous. Yeah, well, I don't think she, no, she's not half Chinese. My grandfather's half Chinese, half Papua New Guinea, so she'd be a quarter or whatever. But culturally, my family, for Papua New Guinea, were like were Chinese. You know what I mean? Okay. But I mean, not really. Like, we didn't speak Chinese or nothing. But um, we yeah. So she's, I mean, look, she's she's Papua New Guinean. We okay. grew up in like um, the one of the worst areas of Port Moresby, I would say. Like, 
uh, where the market is and stuff and a lot of crime happening. Like, it was a super dangerous country back in the 80s. Just Yo, don't I, I don't know a lot about Neither Papua do I. That's why I was so intrigued by it, especially uh, considering that if you're coming from like an indigenous person's background, the way that you guys, there's got to be a, like an interesting relationship with people colonizing the area and people coming in. And yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, the the history of the country is pretty in, like um, interesting. Like, basically, it's two. Um, it used to be two separate countries until 1975. The southern part, um, actually, not till 1975, we became independent. It was a British colony until 1975. But before that, up until the Second World War, the northern half was German, and the southern part was British. Um, and it was Papua and New Guinea, and they were two completely different countries. Okay. And then they sort of got combined into this one thing, and um, the capital city, Port Moresby. Uh, was administrated. It was like it was considered an Australian territory uh, until 1975. But so after the war, a lot of the German New Guineans came in into the main city looking for work and stuff. And so it sort of meshed. So we speak like this weird. Um, well, firstly, there's over 800 separate languages. So wow. it, I think it makes up something like a quarter of the world's languages. Wow. Um, and so it's hard to communicate. So we speak in this weird lingua franca called pidgin, which is a cross between like Spanish and German and English and local languages. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, so like uh, yeah. I, I went to high school in Hawaii and, you know, the Hawaiian pidgin is uh, kind of an amalgam of the different languages and cultures that yeah. came from there. So. Yeah. Hawaiian, Hawaiian pidgin, like, yeah, I guess there's similarities like across the Pacific of that. Of that. But like Bislama in um, in French Polynesia and Papua New Guinea, which is what we call it, is like it's, it's not... Uh, broken English like it's really messed up you know what okay. I mean like it doesn't sound anything like English oh, I don't so it they call it pigeon but it really is more like a Creole do you know what I mean like, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but that's like how the language evolves right yeah like it starts with that kind of proto pigeon and yeah. then it becomes like a Creole or it's like reverse I forget yeah there's the same kind of thing like in Georgia there's like or near the coast uh, like Gullah Island, yep. like oh, yeah. they speak Gullah, which is like slave pigeon from way, way, way back. Man, the similarities too. Like, um, it. A lot of people think like the pigeon in the Pacific comes from the Chinese. You know, the British speaking to the Chinese in Hong Kong, and then it sort of worked its way down. But the real, it really comes from the slave trade because yeah. the, I mean, the sentence structure and words and stuff. Um, there's, you know, similarities between like yeah, Gala and like Patwa, and all this stuff that came from the slave trade from Ghana specifically, and it got spread around by pirates essentially. Yeah. You know, coming into Singapore, you know, docking out there and and, and, and speaking with people out there. So and even with um, you know, um, uh, like, like, you know, uh, English like in America at the moment now, you know, it's. I'm hearing like a ton of similarities to, to pigeon. Like I don't know, it's it, it's hard to explain. It. I'll just I'll, I'm just thinking sure. about it. languages. It's, yeah, crazy. yeah, lang language is very crazy. Like, yeah. um, they, have you guys heard of Esper Esperanza? Esperanto. Uh, Esperanto, which yeah. is like supposed to be like this amalgam of so many different languages, like a future language yeah, for like everybody a, to speak. 
Yeah. Created like like specifically created to be a universal language. Yeah, I said Esperanza like ball. ball, 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 ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to sing everything. Yo, have right? you heard of Esperanza? <laughs> ball. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's like just sing everything. No, but that I I um I find it I find it really intriguing that you come from this this ethnic background. Um, I'm pretty mixed up myself, and I've never ever heard of anybody with your same ethnic mix. Have, is uh. there is it common for people to be um, these Chinese, Papa, and you're also Jewish and Polish. Is, yeah, is that yeah. it? So that's this crazy amalgam. I, I guess it's just coming, like, it's one of those countries where there's a lot of colonization that happened and a lot of different influences. Like, you see it a little bit too in the Caribbean and stuff. Um, there was a huge Chinese migration into Papua New Guinea, um, and there was a German presence, so there was a lot of, you know, um, the Europeans out there too. And Australia is so close, and um, so you just got all of these like you know mixes and and um did it did it make you did it in terms of your childhood did it make you kind of an outsider from these cultures or you just slid in all good like a lot of the pacific island uh or uh, places in the pacific are really cool with just mixed people like in hawaii it's cool if you're all this and that but for you did it make you kind of stand out as an outsider in these cultures well i i stood out because you know like i'm blonde with with blue eyes and my skin is white as fuck like I'm whiter than the whitest person you've ever seen <laughs> but it's a you know it's an all black country like it's not really that mixed up and I grew up in like you know there, there was like an expat community that lived in you know far like a little bit away and it was all gated and stuff like that but like I grew up like in the hood hood um, so you stand out people sure. see you walking to school and like people used to pinch my skin a lot to see to it see turn, the white. turn red yeah, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but unlike you know other places like now pe- we have these you know discussions about culture w- in when we live in big cities and stuff and it's like well i'm from here and i'm from here but it's like well you're born in america but your roots are from here and stuff and so you're american essentially but th- in Papua new guinea the thing that really it almost like here in japan in a way like the thing that could only make you seem like not being from that place is not being able to speak the language fluently. So the second you speak, it's like, oh, okay, you're from here. You know, yeah. Okay. Like, but you still look funny. But like, no one <laughs> treats me like I'm not from there. You know? Sure. But, I was watching this Japanese TV show. I forget the name, but they like go around the places and they try to find like a Japanese person in that place. And I think this episode was in Papua New Guinea, and they like found this guy. I guess he was. Uh, a rec- he was like researching or something and he had been in Papua New Guinea for like 20 or 30 years or something and oh, he geez. like had like a family and everything wow. and I guess I don't know maybe I don't want to say he's the only Japanese person in Papua <laughs> New Guinea but like especially where they were he was like the only Japanese yeah, he was like right. the only foreigner around probably oh, okay. yeah. yeah yeah that's interesting man so so what about uh I, I was i was looking you up uh, online to try to get some information about sure. you as an artist and i was seeing that you had attended the victorian college of the arts secondary school and yep. you were studying by, by a guy named paul grabowski yep and there's all these other names who seem to be the way that they're listed they seem as though they're pretty prominent names within the jazz community can you tell yep. us a little bit about your experiences in playing jazz and some of the people you came up with and yeah man um my experience playing jazz kind of started uh, i don't know like yeah just not that soon after i started playing piano really um i started doing gigs just around like you know small shitty gigs or whatever and um it's like anything you sort of work you start at the very bottom and you suck and you suck and you suck and the next thing you suck a little less and you play with better people and you sort of you know you go up the food chain a little bit um 
And I, when I first started doing it, it was actually like the school that I was at, the high school, kind of forced me to do it. And I didn't really like it at first, but I'd sort of gotten into this really heavy classical high school, like for, you know, prodigies and whatnot. But I'd only been playing piano about two months, so I'd, and I couldn't read music. I didn't know any, anything about it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just started playing. I'd, like There was a piano in my dad's house when I moved, and so I just started playing it and decided this is what I was going to do. Um, and luck, I don't know how I got in, but luckily auditioned for this school and got in. And um, they didn't know where to place me, but they'd just started this jazz course, or improvisation course, they called it. And like improvisation in the context of like a conservatorium could be anything like it, there's uh, baroque improvisation you know like they used to improvise fugues and stuff like that in Bach's time or like in Mozart and Beethoven's time there would be uh, like cadenzas like these spaces in, in, in concertos for the piano or whatever instrument where you know the, the soloists could improvise so there was a lot of that but then there was also a lot of like jazz improvising like dealing with chord changes and how to like improvise in time and and understanding form and stuff like that. Yo, it would have been dope to have you and Goyama in here at the same time. Oh, yeah, man. Been crazy. Cause, cause yeah, he's got his dope. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you kind of you kind of cut your teeth playing with the jazz artists and and in Melbourne. your way up. Yeah, so I was I started playing, um, you know, with with guys my age. Like we came up together through this music school, and then. You started like a band together. We, we started like a band, and because of that, that band started to get like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can say popular, but like, not like, got a little bit of, you know, clout, no, like, yeah, yeah. People started noticing you. Yeah, so the older musicians noticed us. So then I started getting booked by guys like, um, a, a, the 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 one dude that really kind of where everything switched up for me is this guy named Alan Brown, who um, at the time was the drummer in my teacher's uh, piano trio and. Uh, for whatever reason he decided he wanted to start a new band and asked me to do it so I would have been about 16, 17 wow. and we'd play every Monday at um at a club called Bennett's Lane in his trio and one night when I was about uh, this must have been 18, 19 um, the Rolling Stones were in town and we were playing and the horn section came down and um, the saxophone player this guy named Tim Reese was like you know do, do, can I get up and play so he got up and played and I was sticking around for an extra week or so and me and him met up again and played again and uh, the Stones left and they went back to the States and a few months later like I got an email saying like you want to come and play in New York I was like yeah yeah bet so I just fucking went and um, went and did some gigs with him at the Jazz Standard in, in Manhattan and then uh I was supposed wow. to be there and for so a like week. so you're like 17, 16, 17 years old? Like maybe 18. It was like okay. my last year of high school, first wow. year of university or something like that. And um, we, so I, I did playing with him. I was supposed to be there a week or two weeks. I can't remember, but we did that. And then while I was there, he was like, look, we should, let's record. Like, you got some music? I was like, yeah. So I go into the studio with um, a couple of really well-known musicians out there, Clarence Penn and James Genus, bass player and drummer. And I uh, cut a record and then... The day before I was supposed to fly back and go to school, um, Tim was like, look, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine who owns this record label called Sunnyside. And Sunnyside at that time was a really, really small um, record label that really liked pianists. So went there and they were like, yeah, man, we'll put this out. Like, you want to do some more? I was like, yeah, for sure. All right, all right let's wow. do three records, but you got to move to the States. So oh, wow. in my first year of university, I moved to New York. And um, the university was like, well, look, you know, 
We can't fail you for not attending class if you're in New York making records, playing with all these dudes. Right. So they created this kind of special curriculum for me where I had to just check in and hand in projects for three years. And um, yeah, and then so yeah, I just spent crazy. my time like, hanging out in the States. Super dope. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, was, yeah my, my university had a similar program, man. They were like, oh, we know you just want to stay on your couch like playing GameCube. So we're going to let you do that and you can just turn in reports whenever you want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah? No, no. That didn't <laughs> no, happen at all. I was going to say, like, yo. <laughs> was, that didn't happen back, at all. <laughs> go back and get my doctorate in GameCube <laughs> right, right quick. Wow. Yeah, I was hella yeah. less uh, productive than that when I was in so, university. What, what part of New York were you living in? I was living in Washington. Heights for the most part, man. Up there with all the Dominicans. Oh, word, yeah. word. Shout out to all of our Dominicans. So, so where does um with the background in jazz, where does the intersection with hip hop happen? When is that? So- you mentioned you were a fan of it before, but when yeah. did you transition from the jazz scene to more hip hop well, aesthetic? Yeah, well, is that what happened? Even well, it was moving here that was the the thing that kind of did it. Like I always, like I was saying before, like I grew up in a really poor black country during the 1980s in a black household. Like all we listened to was hip hop and you know and reggae and stuff. But and you're black, yeah. Well, my mother Part- is partially? Yeah, yeah, half. Right. My mother's black. My father's white, and I'm an albino. So, like yeah, we can get into that later. But there's all yeah. different types of, of albinism. Um, and w- that was one of the reasons why I left Papua New Guinea too. Like being an albino in in a tropical climate isn't you know very healthy. Conducive to a healthy yeah. skin, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, but so I'd grown up listening to hip hop. My mother played it all the time, every day. Um, but once I got into this jazz school, it was like you know f- like fight or flight. Like I was way over my head, so I had to learn how to play the piano and it absorbed like all of this music really quickly. So I. I kind of stopped listening to it and just focused on, you know, learning the instrument. And by the time I got to New York and had been there for a while, I, was, I wasn't, I don't want to say I was bored of jazz, but it just sort of felt like the, the last 10 years from going from zero to being in New York with a record contract playing with people that I used to listen to a lot. It was, I never really had time to kind of just chill and, um, and have a think about what do I want to do musically or what do I want to do with music. And uh, so, you know, I just came to Japan. Like I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go somewhere where I don't know anyone." Uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, like wanted to come out here. She's half Japanese. She wanted to study out here. So I was like, "Fuck it, bet." Like I'll go too. And um, came, and I was about 25, and it was like this opportunity. I thought what I was gonna do was have a bit of time to practice and kind of rethink how I'm practicing and and. Uh, yeah, it was. Whatever it was all. You yeah, it was all about the piano. Though it was about real, sp- like having time to, to like. I don't know if you think about like a UFC fighter going to a fight oh. camp or something where they kind of like really think about what parts of the game need to be sure. fixed. Like you can't do that if you're fighting every day. It's kind of like doing gigs. You can't really step back and have time to fix holes in your playing if you're playing every night. You need a lot of time. So I thought, all right, this will be two years where I can just chill out, do this. But then you know. Jazz is this ensemble music where you play with other people, and I didn't know anyone out here, so I was like, I was starting to get itchy, and it's like, I want to make some music. So it's like, oh, this is an opportunity to actually get an MPC and do shit by myself mm-hmm. at home, and um, and it's just all sort of started from there. And it's the same thing with like piano. It's like you start and you suck and you suck, and next year you suck a little less. 
you do that your and workflow gets a little better and next yeah. thing you know you're able to suck more rapidly yeah it's exactly. a little better you know <laughs> yeah like, exactly i mean mm. you know and you still feel like i still feel like i suck now both playing piano oh, and, and beats no, but no. but that's the you know i think it's good to have that with, with all these too. accomplishments you never felt like big-headed you weren't like yo fuck this i'm the shit i got a record deal i'm fucking 19 eat a dick I mean, when, Check I out my piano. when i was young yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> right on <laughs> for yeah. sure super arrogant about it i, I mean because everybody that i've ever talked to about you or men have mentioned you they always mention you in like the highest regard in oh, terms of, nice hear, of musical talent like this guy is incredible Fitz was telling me like oh, I had been asking Fitz maybe like twice yo can you do the podcast and you know Fitz's voice is all deep he's like yo you need to talk to Aaron <laughs> that's who you want to talk to he's got I mean that guy man and I was just oh, like yo like I, I didn't want to like hit you up randomly I wanted to meet you and, and you know mention it first but uh, again thanks for thanks for rocking with us oh, man, man that's, you know? no it's nothing like we're all part of the same community out here and you know what type of uh so so you've been in you've been in japan for about 11 years and yeah. and, and now you're you know you're you're able to suck very well you're able to make <laughs> really good music now uh and, and you've been doing this for a while what uh what what was some of the first projects and, and things that you started doing uh in the beat scene community out here well the first kind of legit stuff i was doing was with um a beat maker from fukuoka called olive oil and i've heard, I've heard of yeah and so I, because i could play the piano like and I was making beats, but I still wasn't very good at making beats. And Olive had found me online on Twitter or something and somehow knew that I played piano and was like, hey man, could I get you to um, play this sample? It's, it was like a remake of one of his older tunes that was quite successful overseas. And so um, I did that. And we just started working together a lot more. Like I'd, pl I'd play the samples and then he'd make the beat. And, you know, I got known a little bit through that and linked up through that label, Oilworks, out in Fukuoka. And then from there, I guess I met Kojo and Slack, who are like two, you know, huge rappers out here. Yeah, Kojo and, uh, and Slack are both yeah, pretty damn prominent. Yeah. And, and, and Kojo was in New York as well, for a yeah. long time, right? Yeah, we missed yeah. each other. We, we met out here. In fact, I moved, back, I moved to Japan before Kojo was out here. And it was around this time that Kojo just came back, and Olive and Kojo had done a project together. But, you know, Kojo lived in Tokyo. So Olive was like, look, you guys need to hook up. And so I started working with Kojo, and... Uh, and at the same time, Slack was around and Slack wanted some beats and, you know, I put a project out with him. And so between those two guys, it kind of gave me a little, like it gave me a platform to kind of make a living off it and, and, uh, and meet other beat makers and be a part of the community. Are you, are you making money completely off your music now? Do you have a regular gig? Or Never done anything music? else, man, in my oh, life. Dude, you're living the dream. Well, Congratulations. Yeah, That's yeah, really dope. Really dope. Thank you. Uh, yep. Motherfuckers is hella jealous right now. Like, <laughs> For real. A little salty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, hold on. Let me get an MPC. Oh, yeah. yeah that's good because I wanted to go back a little bit. You said uh, you were like, let me get this MPC. How did you know, like, like obviously you're around a, a bunch of musical people like in university, but when you were coming up, were you hanging around people who were making hip-hop music or well, was that more after when yeah, you yeah no like that's a it's an interesting question because when i was i wanted to make beats uh while i was at university and even while i was in the states i was you know i wanted to make hip-hop but i knew rappers so i did a lot of things where like i would play piano in bands that had a rapper and stuff like that but i didn't really know how people made beats i just thought you did it on your computer but i didn't know what the software was and it was just too hard to access information but by the time i came to japan like youtube was already out so all you have to do is like type in you know how do you right. make beats and i was listening to a lot of diller at that time so i was checking out like you know diller beat remakes and stuff like that and everyone seemed to be using an mpc 
I looked it up. It's like, man, this shit is like, I really want to do this. And this is only like, I pay what, four or five hundred bucks and I get to do this thing that I like. Yeah. That, like, just went and got one that day. Shout out to NPCs, man. Yeah. Get that iOmega zip drive for that hundred megabyte. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Card. Yeah. Right. What, uh, what kind of equipment are you uh, using nowadays? Um, it depends, right? It sort of changes project to project, really. Like, at the moment, I'm kind of working on my own album, which is coming out in January. So I'm making a lot of that on Ableton um, because it's sort of... Ableton's got this thing where, like, it makes sense to me as a pianist. It's like this linear approach that's kind of like Pro Tools where you can play freely, but it's got the tools to make beats as well. So it, that's kind of an interesting thing. I'm right on. Doing this cross thing with, like, live instruments and, and like, program drums and stuff like that. Um, but up until that point, it was really just NPCs and SP404s and you know, a little bit of machine here and there. But, Work. Yeah. If um, if you were to recommend one of your your albums that you've made for a new listener, uh, which one would you point them to first? Um, this I think well, two really like the, the one that I think is like is super classic in terms of Japanese hip hop at least um, is one I did with Kojo called uh, Good Day Bad Habit. But you can't buy it anymore, and it's not oh, up wow. online. So we're trying to get it put up like digitally. Is that a label thing, or yeah, it was, well, not it enough pressings or something like that. I'm not really sure what it was to be honest, but like it sold out really quick, and um, we just haven't put it back up. But that's that's on my favorite. What, when did that one come out? It's like 2016, I want to say. Okay. Yo, I like that. He picked the most exclusive thing. Right, right. Yeah. If you want to like, hear something, go like, on yo, eBay I did this in my bedroom one time, <laughs> and somebody walked by with a tape recorder. Right. <laughs> if you can find that, that's my Yeah, favorite. there was closed capture footage. <laughs> right. Right. That's no, super but, dope, man. But keep an eye out for it, though. Like, it'll be, you know, this, yeah. I, well, this thing with Kojo should be coming out soon. We got a video for for like the digital release i'm just not sure okay. when the digital release is coming yet shout out to kojo man yeah. I, I i met him at uh devin morrison's uh going away party oh, was that the first I, time you met him i yeah i just said uh, I, I i had been in the same room as him before but i'm not the type of guy that likes to go up and just randomly insert myself sure sure so so as i was walking by he was talking to the homie martin so i said what's up and then uh said what's up to kojo and then just kind of made my way out didn't right, try right, to right. do that but i that's a guy that he's kind of on the wish list of uh people that i would really like to get on the podcast because he's got a really he's super talented for one yeah. and also has a really interesting history within the community so yeah shout out yeah. to kojo were you here when daisha was here i don't think so oh he's cool as hell with daisha right yeah Man. daisha was saying yo you guys need to talk to kojo because yeah. she used to work with him also yeah. Oh, okay. Daisha, Daisha Hunter, she used to be a DJ out here and also okay. promoter and things of that nature. I keep on hearing like an electronic ringing in the in one of the mics. So if our listeners pick that up, yeah. uh, my bad. We're getting some new mics soon, and I'm gonna try to clear that up on the podcast. But it's all um, good. let's talk a little bit about your new project that you have out with Daichi um, Window. Window. Yeah. yeah. So this is after the Good Day Bad Habit thing with Kojo. This would be the one that I would recommend people check out. Like. Daichi is a super talented um, rapper from Kyoto who has a background in um, uh, interactive design or something like. But like this, he went to this super artsy school in in London, and um, he and I kind of have this, you know, that kind of high art kind of thing in common. You know what I mean? Like not high art, but like that. Like some people might kind of find it a bit no, tedious but that like you know sort of experimental art that's the culture. type of music that i like man yeah like people who are trying to make high art you know experimental well, creative not kind of this disposable 
quick happy meal type of sounds. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, but we we started clicking on that, like just talking about different, um, you know, like experimental music that, that we both liked or like, you know, visual arts that we both liked. And, um, you know, we just, I guess, you know, because of the times, like, we started making stuff while Daichi was still in London. You know, he'd, I'd send him a beat, he'd send back vocals, I'd mix it. And we were doing that for about a year and a half. And then, uh, yeah, we, we we managed to sort of, you know, get an EP or a, a short album's worth of songs that we were happy to release. And so that came out last month, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's been received really well, which is which is awesome because like as you're saying, like it's not the most straight up music. Like it's not really it's not that weird, but it's not it's not commercial. Um, but so to see music like that get received so well out here is like it's uh, really good very feeling. very creative. No no two tracks sound the same, and um, I haven't had a chance to pick up a copy of it yet. I didn't see it for sale like a digital download, but I admittedly I didn't look too well. Where can people purchase that? Uh, you can get it on iTunes and listen to it on stream it on Apple Music. Um, if you're in Tokyo, Tower Records, uh, Jazzy Sport. Any of those is that places. just on? Is it on CD or do you guys press a vinyl? Uh, vinyl's coming. It's on CD now yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Wait to get that on vinyl. That's what I want. Yeah, can yeah we, really good. Can we talk about your uh, affiliation with Jazzy Sport a little bit? Yeah, man. Like uh, for the listeners, my guy is all Jazzy Sported out gear and everything. Yeah, yeah the hat got, shirt on today. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, that is kind of me, you know, representing the brand and whatnot. But it's also that I only really wear free shit. Like I wear <laughs> stuff that people give me because <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate going clothes shopping. So whenever I leave the house, it looks like I'm, you know, I'm repping some kind of brand. But it's usually Jazzy Sport because they give me the most shit. <laughs> Shout out to Jazzy Sport and free hey. shit, yo. <laughs> No, but Jazzy Sport, for our listeners that don't know, Jazzy Sport is kind of a fairly prominent um, record store out here that also releases artists and has their own brand of clothing and things, obviously. And yeah. th- I've been to a location in Shimokitazawa, I think. Yep. Is that the only one? Uh, no, there's uh, two in Tokyo. There's one in Gakke, Daigaku, Shimokitazawa, and then Kyoto and Morioka up north. Um, and I think there used to be one in Seoul, and I think there's going to be one in Melbourne by, by next year. Oh, um, I got to go back to Melbourne, man. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy, crazy label, actually. Like, it's a label, it's a music label, but it's also a store. But they also, you know, like most labels these days do fashion and stuff like that. But I also recently learned that they've got a ton of rock climbing gyms around what? Japan. Yeah, like none in Tokyo, <laughs> but like, you know, where you can go yeah. and start indoor rock climbing. Uh, bol- bouldering. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's where the sport element comes into it. Like, I had no ah. idea. Yeah, I was trying to work out the pun, but you beat me to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. But they, they've, uh, they've released a lot of a lot of artists uh, then. I, I was at their uh, the album release for Buddha Monk and uh, Elo Kush's joint last year, oh, yeah. uh, The Fly Emperor, and that's the first time I went to the Jazzy Sports show. But there's consistently, like, album release parties there and, and yeah. performances and DJing there as well so. yeah they're um they're really central in the community out here like you know even if they don't have projects coming out through them like they they do a lot of independent releases for people like they'll distribute you know um records from other labels and stuff like that if it's you know if an artist has their own label nine times out of ten it's going to be distributed through jazzy sports huh. so um yeah they're you know they're awesome and they're a good bunch of people yeah. okay word word yeah, very, uh, very interesting. Um, I'd like to find out who owns that and talk to them and, and 
see what's going on in their mind and how that works out because they've touched so many people in the community out here. It's, yeah, it's I definitely knew escape. of yeah. Jazzy Sport before I came to Japan. Same, yeah. same. I definitely heard about it beforehand. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say about uh, upcoming projects or anything before we take a commercial break? Um, I don't have any, like, releases coming up or anything like that. Like, you know, I always put in uh, little beat tapes and things. You know, of old music, but actually, for the rest of the year, up until February, I've got a couple of um, like pretty big projects coming up that's, that takes a lot of work. So, I'm going to be writing a lot, like um, composing. We're doing a well, I, I wrote it last year, but we're performing it in January. It's a piece, it's a classical piece for an orchestra and rapper. And so actually Kojo is the rapper and it's based it's based on the Shinto creation story. So Kojo's raps all rap about how the world got born and all the gods got born. Is he Amaterasu? Wow. Amaterasu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I was just bullshitting. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 all, it's all that stuff. Um, that sounds you should know about that shit. You watch Naruto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all on that. <laughs> I just started watching Naruto. But it's this, it's this huge experimental like orchestral thing. Um, that sounds Ko crazy. With yeah. Kojo. So we're and you're doing all the music for it? Oh, yeah, I've written it. I've just got to kind of wow. rewrite a lot of stuff that didn't work. And we've got rehearsals in January and then a tour and a performance in February. Wow. So that's going to take a bit of time. And then another uh, another recording project um, overseas that I'll have to sort of finish finish up it by okay. November. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll be paying attention. We'll definitely let our listeners know when all that's going down. And I definitely need to see this live performance. Uh, yeah, from you and Kojo. That sounds crazy. Yeah, that sounds super crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Word up. Uh, Mega Late Show, episode number 44. Uh, yo, before we go, you are pretty fluent in Japanese? I think so. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how long did it take you? And like, uh, uh, how do you feel about, you know, your acquisition into becoming able to be a part of the culture more ah, good question um well i think you know language language has always played like a pretty like uh consistent role in my life like even in papua new guinea because people speak so many languages like what you speak to who at what time depending on who's around changes and there's like meaning to it like you speak to someone in a particular language. It's kind of like Europe, I guess. Like, you know, if there's an Italian, a French dude, and a Spanish dude sitting around, and you're figuring out what's the, what's the easiest way to communicate. Mm. Um, so language has always been this thing for me. Um, so when I came here, I was like, I'd really put a lot of time in, into trying to speak as well as I could. And Did your so. wife or girlfriend nah, at the time speak when you guys came over? Well, she, she can speak fluently, but I, like I said, for, I feel weird. I can't speak to her in Japanese. Like I just can't. Ah. Do it. Like I've, it's that thing, like from Papua New Guinea, where it's like, well, uh, the way that we communicate is in English. So if we switch it up, it makes me feel like really strange. Well, when you guys first came over, did was she already fluent? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was. Um, she grew up in Kyoto and. And stuff yeah. Like yeah. I've been here for like yeah. five years. I'm so trash. I can't speak for shit. I need to get on that. I uh, mean, like I think it takes a while though. Like I, I've, I didn't feel really comfortable with it or like I had a personality in it until like maybe six, seven years, I think like, you know, and then there's reading Yo, that's, and that's a whole other thing. Like, that's a good point. Like personality, like yeah. 
a lot of times when people speak in another language, they have like a different personality. Yeah. Like I know when I speak Japanese, I'm like way like I couldn't do this podcast in Japanese because I'd be like, oh yes, excuse me. Uh, so uh, right, right, right. My wife me, says how do you that when I speak this? in Japanese, my voice gets higher. Oh, you become a. Yeah, and I want to have like the really deep like shogun voice. You know what I mean? I got to change it up, man. Yeah, the way just imitate the Cookie Monster. That's how I figured it out. I think that's one of the things that makes me a little bit apprehensive about speaking language i feel uncomfortable in my vocal tone and the way that i can express myself so it makes me not want to speak at all yeah it's weird no it's 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 a weird thing to to do at the start isn't it like the way that i kind of got like and i know this sort of sounds like i'm just talking shit but this is really how i got good and like um what's the word like i feel like i can speak quite naturally with it like I can speak like a boy, I can speak rough, and like you kind of pick, you know the situations. And also there's this other element to speaking a language where like you can't really be fluent in a language until you're also fluent with all of the cultural references. Like if you speak English, but you have no references to the Simpsons, yeah. like it's, you can only really speak part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I know yeah. that sounds ridiculous, yeah. but like it's, if it's, more, it's most evident in hip hop. Like, you know, if you speak English and then someone like says the word, you know, respect, we all know exactly right. what that's referencing. It's that Birdman interview, right? right? But so if you don't know that, like your level of fluency sort of drops sure. a second. So I think the way I got that level of fluency in Jap- Japanese is just hanging Terrace out. Terrace House. Yeah. Oh, no. Terrace. <laughs> Co- Kojo's <laughs> Yeah, you watch that? <laughs> But just drinking, drinking yeah. and hanging out in bars and going out by yourself and talking to whoever and, you know, like really trying to talk and you sort of pick up little things and then, you Cultural know. Cultural nuances. Yeah. And slang. I mean, like even in English, just the the phrase you good, we have like seven, seven different meanings for that. Like you good? Nah, you good. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, 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 that yeah, cultural yeah. nuance, like it's lo- like you understand the two words, you yeah. and good. But yeah. if you don't understand the, the cultural context in which it's used, you'll never pick up on that yeah. shit. No, so, for sure. Work, and that's work. a part of like speaking language people don't really talk about. But I mean, obviously, you got to like know how to put a sentence together before you get there. But I think um, I really think hanging out at bars and talking because bars are also you know I don't drink a lot but like bars are this place where like just it attracts a certain type of person there's people that want to have conversations sure. people that are generally a little bit broken and they're the most interesting people to talk to hey. you know what I mean like no doubt you know yeah. yeah I spent a lot of my time being broken in bars yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to slow you it know? down a little bit yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've slowed it down completely man I stopped drinking like two months ago oh no shit I've yeah. been doing it for a month yeah yeah. 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 I'm, a, I'm at like 70s 78 days today oh. it's, a, it's a whole different experience <laughs> it's a whole different experience I'll tell you shit <coughs> shout out to my guy late always with the alcohol and I can never tell when Late is drunk, to be honest with you. Yeah, Only like right. once have I ever noticed he was drunk. I don't feel that way about myself. Yeah, I'm yeah, even I'm... hella br- partially broken in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody yeah, yeah. knows. Everybody knows. Yeah. Mega Late Show episode number 44 with the tremendously talented Aaron Chulai. Aaron Chulai? Yeah. There we go. You're right. You're right. A-A-Ron. We'll be back. Turn it up. Turn it up. I'm here at the Mega Late Show Late and Mega and uh, we are chilling here in Ikebukuro (coughs) 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Mega Late Show. Mega Late. Uh, shout out to the goons and the worst. That's right. We're here with our guest, Aaron Aaron Chorai. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice pronunciation. I almost, I almost hit that. Yeah. <laughs> My man, uh, A-A-Ron. Yes. And uh, before we get into the last half of the episode and uh, some more musical goodness, we're going to take a moment to shine a spotlight on a place in Tokyo that everyone should be educated about. Mega, can you tell us more about this place? I can tell you more about this place. But first, let me tell you about who runs this spot. It's ran by our guy Shucks One, who is a member of the hip-hop community out here in Japan. And he used to do uh, something called the Shucks Files, where he would interview people who were coming into town to perform. He's he's interviewed such people as the Hieroglyphics crew, uh, De La Soul, and just members of the Wu-Tang Clan, and he used to be doing a lot more hip-hop stuff out here, but most recently, he decided to open up a cafe in Minami Nagarayama, which is way out there in Chiba, but it is called the Cultures Cafe, and at the Cultures Cafe, he and his family, his wife and daughter, they serve all types of delicious international-style meals, and his wife, I believe, is Filipina, so she serves some Filipino food there, which is super delicious. This uh, is a coffee. It's a cafe, so it's a coffee shop as well as um, a musical spot where he's going to have jazz musicians come through and everything of that nature. And I really uh, support this endeavor. He has uh, English classes for the kids and a little play area for your kids if you want to take your kids out there, as well as dope music playing all the time. So go out there to Cultures Cafe in uh, Minami Nagarayama. And it's closed right now, but it's usually open from 11 to 3, and then they open up again at 5 and stay open until the last person comes up in there. So shout out to Cultures Cafe. It's closed like Monday is the day off? Uh, no, it, it, they, they, take, uh, they take a little bit of time uh, for like a lunch break, like two hours. They're closed. Oh, okay, for, okay. And so, yeah, that's right. Back to the soulful sounds of the Mega Late Show. And what we're going to get into right now is the weather report. Is that right? Should I go ahead and get this shit started off, guys? Bust it. Should I go first? All right, let me go ahead and get it tuned up. All right, so my weather report is by a guy named Dorian Concept, and he is with Brain Feeders, who we all know for Flying Lotus and that whole cohort of super talented individuals. The new album is called The Nature of Imitation, and there's just quite a few tracks on here that I really enjoy. And because he is a classically uh, trained pianist, uh, there's a lot of inherent musical qualities that I think are really dope to his compositions. And I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, this track here. And let me go ahead and see if I can turn that up. We got sound here. Here we go. All right, yeah, so um, this one is called Self-Similarity, and I just really like all of the tracks off of this shit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was listening to this all morning, and no two tracks sound the same. The, 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 the track that he starts off with has got these really dope pitched down vocals, and has like a really... I want to say that this has kind of an exuberant uh, exuberant quality to it that makes you feel kind of like turn up and happy, but it's definitely not, it it doesn't sound like anything else that I've heard this year or heard in a while. Dorian. Concept. Yeah, I think he's Austrian from Austria, and uh, and he's just super good. I, I think his last album came out like four years ago, and I didn't care for that one as much, but this one has really brought me back into the, the fold, and um, yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. 
I think there's like a, a breakdown and then it comes back if this is the track I'm thinking. But yeah. Yeah. Let me skip ahead. It's so good, man. How would you classify this? Uh, beat, electronic, hip hop. I mean, but there, uh, it, it's it's interesting assigning genres to this type of music because there's so many th different things happening. It's electronic, but it's also uh. got piano chord progressions and just sounds that are not necessarily native to any single genre you know yeah i feel like there's a lot of cool stuff coming out especially like from labels like brian feather and um and nla and and out here too like guys that probably started out making beats and have you know sort of branched like just grown it like grown techniques and it's yeah. sort of become this its own genre now beat music you know yeah i'm i i i'm i'm sure that you would find this album you'd find this album probably either in like the hip hop section of the record store or the yeah. jazz section. Yeah. I mean, it, like he's he he's he plays jazz music as well. So like I don't know. I, I imagine it being one of those, but clearly it's it's electronic to a large degree because a lot of the sounds and and uh, instruments that he's using to yeah. to compose this music. But it, it's just I don't even know what to. I feel like Flylo is a hip hop artist, yeah. but he's also like you know, the nephew of Alice Coltrane and like comes from this jazz background that it's almost like it doesn't do the music justice to to assign it to this this joint. But yeah. yeah. This this let me just play another part of this track. And um this is called Promises and it's it's the first track on the album. Uh, it's really 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 interesting stuff, man. I think this one is a little bit more funky. Was he raised in Austria? I think so. I think he was found by some dude that was on BBC and was like, yo, this guy is going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is super interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure this if he had. Like go ahead. I'm not, go. I, I'm not sure if he has other um, musicians working on this together, or if this is just him, like you know, playing everything through himself. But it, it sounds so lush to me and yeah. like vibrant, and like, like there's not a lot of negative space, but it, it's just really, really clean to me. What, what were you saying, late? Oh no, I just it sounds like something Phonics would play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like these pitch down vocals just. Yeah, I think this album is going to get a lot of play for me this year. I, I only started listening to it like two days ago, and I listened to the album for the first time all the way through this morning, and then I found myself just repeating tracks and playing them over and over again. There's so many different things to pick out of, of the music. Like, you can just focus on something, and it's all, like, really great. 
for lack of an, uh, another adjective. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's super interesting. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I, like, I'm looking at Aaron and just listen to him. Like, you can tell that his brain is picking out like all of these things about the music that I think a lot of like um, people who are not trained in music, especially trained in jazz when it comes to this type of stuff, you're, you're probably picking up on all types of things that to us, we're just like, that's so, dope. And you're just like... Sort of, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's hard to like not hear it like, hang on, like, let me steal something from this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like trying to pick up on something yeah. and we're like, oh, okay, he's using the hi-hats like this or this is pan like that or, you know, oh, yeah. he's cut off the piano EQ at this, like, yeah. yeah. It's almost like getting a lesson when you, when you Word, hear shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Word. Who wants to go next? Go ahead, man. Uh, yeah, I'll bust mine. Okay, okay, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, thanks for letting me share, guys. So, uh, <clears throat> as I've said before, I get all my music from Spotify now. So, these guys popped up on my list uh, last week. And it's a group called Wedding Crashers with uh, no vowels and one D. And uh, one half of the members is actually Quentin Miller of Drake uh, uh, yeah. Infamy. And, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of, I don't want to call them struggle rappers, but a lot of like mixtape albums that people put out. And even when they're not bad, they're not like, oh, yeah, I'll go back and check that out. Even if I'm like, oh, that was enjoyable, but one time. Their album is kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll lis I'll bump that again. Like, I'll, I'll listen through. And they're not, like, very lyrical, like I usually like to listen to. And the music, like the beats or whatever, aren't super-duper catchy. I don't know. It's more their delivery and things that I'm more interested in. And uh, this track is called Let's with very weird spelling. And uh, it's just them kind of, I don't know. You have to kind of listen to it. This is weird. I like it. Yeah. And I kind of like how their ad-libs are kind of like, they'll like give a space and then they'll just like say something like, oh yeah, let's do that. Or like, oh yeah, dominoes or some crazy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Did he say, I'm gold digging? Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this like a new project from them or is it just like an older one that you uh, just found out about? Nah, I, I just found out about it. Okay. Like Quentin Miller only came into you know my recognizance is that a word am i saying that right i only knew who he was after meek mill started this right. and i think they did all this stuff in 2015. okay he sounds like he's smiling while he raps too. <laughs> yeah like it's, it's definitely like fun music you yeah. know what i mean yeah. Let's hit the mall and cop me brand new gear. I like that. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Let's get that new iPhone. I'm trying to talk. <laughs> I, I feel like if you listen to a lot, like even a, like the younger kids who make like, 
music vid is probably not for us. If you listen to it with the intent that it's like, this is supposed to be fun and this is supposed to be funny, it's great. And so when you take something like this, which is intentionally kind of funny, mm. yeah, I like I like this. And this yeah. is why I think that a lot of those like parody like trap songs that they they make off of like YouTube. Uh, like viral video clips sometimes those things really go because it's just funny to hear you know um, catch me outside or they out here mm. raping everybody it's it's the fun part of it you know what I mean yeah the, the kind of like ringtone rap era of just like I mean hip hop you know? started like that pretty much yeah. I mean I'm just repeating this song I just want to hear a couple more lines that I can repeat to myself all day <laughs> I mean, this this guy is clearly like the poet laureate of our times. Like this is this is high art. And I mean, he's the one responsible for some of Drake's hot yeah. hooks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, man. Quentin Miller is that guy. It, it's interesting because um, he he's made so many tracks for Drake that were successful, but he hasn't been able to be right. successful himself. So and I've heard also, some of his newer songs, and I'm nah. I mean, sometimes sometimes that's the thing. Like when you have people that ghostwrite, like uh, for example, Sky Zoo. Sky Zoo writes a lot of tracks for people who are notable, but his music never reaches that level. Um, same with uh, Skills, or as we used to know, Mad Skills from VA. Uh, like, super notable ghostwriter, but he's never blown up on his own. And I think that that has something to do with Drake's charisma and, and his voice and, uh, you know, some of the musical choices he makes. I'll go ahead and say it now so I don't bring it up during the news section. Five billion streams. Five billion? As an artist. That is a lot of people listening to that music, man. It's the first. Is there five billion? Yeah, there's, what, seven billion people on the planet? Yeah, approaching eight. But, I mean, that means that <laughs> some 15-year-old is really giving that Hotline Bling track a lot of play. <laughs> Shit, that is a lot of people listening to the damn music. Uh, uh, shout out to the other member in the group. The Coolest Mac is his name. Okay, Coolest Mac. Oh, it's one word, crashers. too. Yeah. Cool smack. I, I like that movie, Wedding Crashers. Oh, yeah. let me give the, the ox to you, oh, yeah. Aaron, and we can get your joint queued up. Let me just um, turn that on. Um, oh, this is uh this is the first track off um, the EP with Daichi. It's a song called Chuck Taylor. Hey, this is my jam. And and for the listeners, definitely go check out that video. you going to die for this song. I'm up on my fucking life in this song. Little bit of love a ganja and snuff. Fuck that, hey, bye, salt and slug. Come in summer, I'm a mind going that so. I'm a daku, mata and small. You know, to eat that. Come back, stay what? My Chuck Daylight. Come first, what Chuck? Hey, 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 Babylon killing. I'm a ninja, one the mission. Dread done on kitchen, luminate. So the kitchen, choking, cuss a geek, kitchen. Well, who, mommy, and a puppy get undressed now with the finest bitches. They've been on that fast. Nasnifin to your dreams, they never sleep. I got a mass of your making good to get you get to the cure. Don't know shit and laws of the kitchen. Day, I'm a dive into the finest. Dive for this song. I'm up on my fucking life in this song. Little bit of love a ganja and snu
who mommy and a puppy get undressed now with the finest bitches that be known that fine ass sniffing Tokyo dreams they never sleep like I'm myself you make a good ticket he gets it like yo don't know shit you low so good catch it there I'm a oh this shit is so hot oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this shit is so dope yo yeah that's crazy life in this song little bit of love a ganja oh man when I first heard this I couldn't get the chorus out of out of my head yeah, yeah Daichi's Dai- Dai- flow is super interesting and like the, uh, the way he jumps in and out of English and Japanese as well you know like I don't know it's really it just the shit just sticks in your head oh yeah absolutely man yeah. and and you could tell that you could tell that he's bilingual because his approach to rapping in Japanese is very different from like the conventional si- sounding uh, Japanese rappers in terms of they can kind of rhyme very metered like uh on on beat with the the last word being the the, the rhyming word yeah, right. and not a lot of like interconnected uh, multi-syllable type of sounding words but with him there's a, a cadence to it that's really uh, really interesting um on top of that just adding in the occasional english word or phrase or sentence within these lines yeah it, it pulls you in right when you're if, if you're not a japanese speaker right when you're thinking like oh, okay i don't know what it's saying but it sounds good then an english line comes in and it's like oh okay there i am again mm. i really really dig that joint yeah man oh thank you i appreciate that man it's so you said the video too. is good too oh the video the video yeah, the adds choppiness to, is like yeah the the video adds to the song it, you know sometimes sometimes it'd it be like that <laughs> sometimes it'd be like that but watching the video uh it's shot really well it's edited really well and on the video there is also like this part where they reverse the vocals i think uh, at the very end of, uh, of yep. the track yep. oh man that shit is just great it, it's very it sounds very experimental but it's not so far out the box that it it's difficult to listen to you know what i mean it's yeah. very musical and, and musical <laughs> it's music so it's musical right <laughs> no it just sounds great man oh thank you man yeah. i appreciate that i just thought i'd bring something up from um that record that i was uh talking about with kojo the first one oh, we please. did that you can't get yeah anywhere. please um what's a good one to to play <clears throat> this is kind of yeah this is kind of interesting this is um a song called eminem with kojo you said you're using Ableton to on, make your... On this one, it's a machine, but yeah, currently at the moment. All right, is this you on the drums as well? Ah, uh, no, this is a buddy of mine. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, my God, those drums are so dusty. I love it. <laughs> Good thing about being a jazz musician is you got jazz friends that uh, can play shit right. for you. <laughs> it's like. Mm. This is Kojo. Yeah. Kojo can sing his ass yeah, off too. He be styling too, man. Every time I see him, he's real fresh dipped. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> he likes his clothes, like, yeah. Where do you record? Just in my house, man. Just, yeah. I just got a little room that I make beats in that set up for vocals. Nothing, you know. 
Uh, for, for instance, the drums, where were they done? This, uh, I'll occasionally go into a studio once a month and like and take some stuff to sample. Get a bunch of stems and just... Yeah. Mm. I thought the drums weren't done specifically for this track. Nah, nah. And you well, chopped them up? Okay. Or? Yeah, yeah, I chopped it. Um, I also like, you know, I do a lot of recording like for my own stuff as a pianist, like jazz records and stuff, so I'll take drums out of that. Or, yeah. Yo, that's the wave now, man. Like yeah. uh, Adrian Young, uh, what's the guy's name? Apollo Brown. Sorry, not Apollo Brown. Uh, who just did the Super Ant? Ant? Who just did the latest Prime record? Oh, Ant Man Wonder. Uh, yeah, Ant Man Wonder. 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 Yeah, yeah. And all those guys I brought up, like who are like the secret weapons of hip hop yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. People just take their tracks and rework them. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, um, you know. Guys have guys have kind of been doing that for a whole minute. Like you take a jazz artist like Robert Glasper or like Kareem Riggins, and the way they started chopping up their own shit and making these really dope tracks, and then people were like, "That's a great idea. I'm going to chop up their shit and then make some really good tracks off yeah. of their jazz type recording." So yeah, yeah. Oh, this is great, man. You you are so super talented, and I say that to a lot of people, but I like, and I usually mean it, you know, when I say that, but. Uh, your your ability is just oh, man, high I, high level, I very high it. level. I mean, you know, then I'm just still fucking around and trying to have fun, like, like yeah. <clears throat> I mean, tracks like this too. Like, I remember making this to me, like, yeah, this is like, no one's, you know, I don't know what to do with this. It's it's not an instrumental and it's a little bit boring, but. Once you put the vocals on it and Kojo, you know, figures out a hook and stuff, it's like it all sort of comes together. So it's not yeah. just me, man. It's like I have to say it's dope, but Kojo on it, like, kind of takes it to the next level. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, indeed. Is that? Uh, I think I read an article. Did I? Did I? Yeah, I read an article about the new project with um, Daichi, and it said that like you usually send him beats, and then he would send back the uh, the, the vocals, track with yeah. vocals over it. Yeah. Is that how this uh, this track came together as well? Uh, yeah. At that time, Kojo couldn't record at his place, so um, he uh, he would come over and record at mine. So, um, but I would always send the track, and then he'd write it home, and then just turn up and record it. But yeah. Did you have another one that you wanted to drop for? Uh, I can if if you guys want. Yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, this this is part of the podcast. Like we we like to use the the weather report to kind of talk to you about your musical process. Actually, uh, while you have your phone open, yep. You want to do you... the fits? Yeah. Oh, let's try that if we can. So, uh, go ahead and explain what, it. What what do you listen to your music on? Is it what you've got open right now? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you like do playlists or albums or I just go through albums really like on um, Apple Music usually or just on my iTunes and stuff like that. Do you have like a recently played or like a most played uh, yeah, playlist, or do you have like a playlist you made yourself? Um, no, I don't usually fuck around too much with playlists. I don't know why. What we'd like to do is just have you open up this list and then just randomly pick a song and then see what's in your ears, what's in the deck, okay. so to speak. Um, yeah, for, for me, I don't use any streaming services or anything like that. I just kind of import all my music into a thing. So I would just go to like all songs and then oh, yeah. scroll no, up. I've got recently played. Um, yeah, let's try it out. Let's so something um, that's in the headphones. So I'll just pick something from the recently played? Sure, yeah. Or just hit shuffle yeah. and let it go. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I need to hit shuffle. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, what we got here? Oh, uh, there you this go. is Dilla? Yeah. Uh, this is Madlib. Oh, that's right. Wait. Hmm. This is off Mad Mad Villain? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where? This is uh, also the jam. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you it know, took me a while to... Speaking of wanted to work with Doom, the first Doom I ever heard was uh, Accordion. Oh, yeah. And I was like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this. And it took me going on a road trip and then listening to, uh, I think it was Doomsday and King Ghidorah. And then I was like, yes. I, I get yeah, it. I mean, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, actually, speaking of Accordion, um, are you familiar with Daedalus? Yeah. Yeah, Daedalus produced that track, and I had heard that before uh, Madlib sampled it, and so I already loved the track and then the way he flipped it. So for me, like, s the songs that I don't really care for off of Mad Villain are kind of some of the, like... Wait, what did Daedalus produce? The the original beat for Accordion, like, the the the, the, the entire skeleton. Accordion? Yeah, the entire yeah. skeleton of the track, and then Mad Madlib just kind of stripped it a little bit and then added some different drums to make it more rappable, and that's it. Mm. But Daedalus is one of my one of my favorite producers all time, and he also comes from a jazz theory, jazz music background as yeah. well. I think I like a lot of artists that come from that. I think it's the the approach to drums. Right. Um, when it comes to when it comes to um, when it comes to people who are trained in, in, in jazz, a lot of times I find their drum programming to be a little bit more interesting than like regular boom bap trained like hip hop heads. Uh, you have guys like, like Dilla who weren't quantizing their drums. It gives it a kind of off sound. Yeah. I mean, that's like jazz too, you know? Like the yeah, timing yeah, is, is really off. And, the and thought process. Yeah. The thought process is what I'm talking about, actually. <laughs> it's, it's just brilliant, man. Daedalus, there, there's so many people who come from like jazz backgrounds that I just tend to love love their beats completely. Even, yep. I mean, Madlib. Madlib himself. Yep. Yesterday's new quintet. The fucking, mm. the the last, what is it? The last space what electro... What's that? Uh, doesn't he have like open access to like the blue note? I think he had, like he had a deal with... Um, with with blue note to to be able to sample I, I don't know if that was just straight up for the one album um uh that he did the blue note album but but yeah you know what, what's crazy about him is that a lot of his tracks that he makes for like higher level artists like erica badu a lot of times they they have to go into the studio and replay those tracks because the motherfucker just has a pile of records and just starts making shit it doesn't yeah. write down where the mm -hmm. sample comes from so like yo where's this sample from he's like over there <laughs> and those 600 <laughs> records that are sitting over there but yeah that his music is really great too and i think that i still think that madlib's not getting enough respect in the community as like being one of the greatest producers what is it going to take him dying like dilla for people to be like this guy is a fucking yeah. genius like, i don't know good is this you too is still uh no this is a uh, uh, no i mean uh, is this from your phone uh, yeah yeah this is from okay. my phone who yeah, is yeah. this this is a group from the UK called Hawkhouse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what is their? What is they have? They have an album that. Uh, what is the name of their album? They're really dope. Yeah, 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 super dope. Um, Mind is a the weapon. Brain? Is that the name? Oh uh, yeah, Brian. What I is, think what this is, is that from one? that. This is from that album. Yeah, they're super dope. They kind of remind me a little bit of um, Diggable Planets to yeah. to a degree. Mm. Not quite as like background music is diggable, yeah. but like you know, yeah. Handshake to the brain. Handshake to the brain is the joint. Yeah. Oh, they're super dope. Mm. What's the group name? Hawkhouse. Yeah. 
It's two it's two male MCs and a female MC, right? Yeah. yeah really yeah. good. I don't think they do shit anymore though. They put out like one EP of stuff that was like Dilla and Madlib beats and then uh, this which is still just an EP and then yeah. they just stop. And it's like you can't find anything online. Yeah. But, um, uh, I I um I I heard about him when they first dropped it like maybe 4 or 5 years ago right. uh, or maybe even longer than that, but I haven't heard anything from him either. And mm. to me they kind of they stood out immediately for it has like a lot of these kind of jazzy qualities which I compared to like Diggable and I mean that's also two male MCs and a, and a mm-hmm. female MC, but their music is really this you know? yeah uh, when did this come out it's like 2014 2013 yeah. something like that yeah i have to check this out yeah, yeah. they're really good man Yo, do we know who was singing on the last track uh nah the, the, the mad joint mm. nah, not sure. i'm not sure i don't know i never thought about it until now yeah right i don't even remember, remember the name ch- of that track checking it out one once but wasn't uh, I can't Yo, do you fuck with uh, Ivan Av or Fred Fades? I don't know who they are. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Mind. Mind Design. Mind oh, Design. Mind Design. Yeah. I haven't checked him out too much, to be honest, man. Like, um. But if this is the kind of wave you're on, I think you'll like oh, yeah? those dudes. Ivan yeah. Av is really good. Yeah. Yeah, Mind Design. Um, uh, you know, he he. Uh, Kiefer actually played with Mind Design's band okay. uh, as well, but Mind Design he also like sometimes he pushes the envelope in terms of uh, like the the musical sound, right. uh, where it's it, it almost gets away from what I would call like a hip hop aesthetic, right. and gets into like some really experimental like psychedelic sounding stuff. But yeah, Mind Design's dope. That's awesome. Yeah, I gotta check out more music, man. Like I don't know. Don't don't do it to yourself, man. I, <laughs> I check out so much music and it's just like overwhelming. There's like new shit all the damn time. Yeah. And of course, I find a lot of dope shit, but it's like you you'll you'll spend all your time just like trying to find music and shit. Like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you DJ at all or anything nah, like that? No, I've tried, but I'm just really bad at it. I sort of, yeah, I just stopped. Yeah, when we started the podcast, we were like, oh yeah, we're a hip hop podcast, so we're gonna like talk about all the hip hop. Right. And uh, our previous co-host, like he listened to, uh, I don't know how do you describe it, like, a little pop, bit more mainstream pop, things pop than us. I would say pop right. rap. Yeah. And like we were trying to like feel each other's taste. We were listening to stuff we were all listening yeah. to. And it was like this year we were just kind of like. There's no way nah. I'm listening to Little Yachty just so I can comment <laughs> on your Little Yachty taste. It's I'm just fucking done. It's like it's not happening. Yeah. You know. So like yeah. Now uh, I mean right now I've probably listened to over 40 new albums this year. Uh, over over 40 new albums this year. They dropped and last year I think and I did just as many. And I haven't listened to J Cole's album. I barely listened to uh, Nas's album and Jay-Z's yeah, and Beyonce's yeah. album. Yeah. There's just, I mean, I, I was saying the other day that right now in, in hip-hop music, there's, no matter what type of sound you want to hear, you can find that. And within that within that group and vibe, you're going to find progression and artistry that is really super talented and dope. Yeah, you want to sure. listen to, uh, you only want to listen to lo-fi, fucking ambient hip-hop beats, you know, there's a 24-hour channel on YouTube that you can find that. Yeah. You want to hear some jazzy shit, there's plenty of guys who are making jazzy hip-hop music if you want to hear some pop rap shit that's that's you know about everything in the club 
the fucking that's there too and it's pretty good if that's what you like so mm. i don't know i guess this is maybe a segment segue into the new section of hip-hop turning 45 years old this week supposedly right supposedly uh, the people can change the actual date of hip-hop i mean like um grandmaster flowers was was you know djing and doing like hip-hop style parties before cool hurt but you know it's mm. like uh, 45 45 years old and to, to go back to what you mentioned earlier about, you know, middle-aged rappers and producing music now, I think that at this point in hip-hop, being 45 years old, we cannot say that hip-hop is a youth culture genre anymore. That's now, now yeah. grown people are... The majority of the most popular artists are not young people. Yeah. The majority of them are not young people. Even Drake is not a young person yeah. in, terms of, in terms of youth culture. Did you hear he has a son? Is he hiding a child? <laughs> you are hiding a child, Drake? No. I mean, it, so it's not youth culture. And and when you have artists that are like Massa Ace or OC who are still coming out with albums, uh, Cool Keith's last album was pretty good if you like fucking Cool Keith. Jay-Z just, you know, like Nas are still coming out with all these albums. That at this point, being a 45-year-old genre of music, we just can't simply call it youth culture anymore. No, it's, it's definitely not. Especially like... You know, the stuff that those guys are rapping about, too, is like you could maybe have an argument it's still being youth culture if they were still targeting a young audience. But they're not, man. Like, especially that for me, I don't know why. It's just me because I'm also not aware of a lot of stuff going on. But the 444 record was like, yeah, no, this speaks to a generation of people that are still hip hop, but that really, like, you know what I mean? In that real hip hop sense where, like, there's a guy rapping. And the stuff that you he's talking about, you identify with. It's like, I feel like, yeah. and it's obviously because the artists are getting older. Like Mega said, Master Ace is putting out phenomenal albums, and like the content is like Master Ace just came out. And it was like what he has MS or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think he does. And like uh, our guy Elo Kush just revealed recently, he has like some kind of uh, kidney issues wow. that he's dealing yeah. with. And I mean, Cool Herc, was it Cool Herc or someone else who was having kidney or liver issues? And a lot of them. A lot of them. And it's but like... I think, I think Cool Herc did have some health issues. There's no, you know, uh, what's it called? Union? Yeah, hip -hop there's union no hip-hop union that's going to help you union. with that health, yeah, health exactly. insurance. You know? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah you uh, you invented the scratch, so, right. you know, you have health care for You're good time. for the rest of your life, yeah. right? It, it, it's a crazy thing, too, man, because the way the hip-hop culture seems to be disseminated through popular culture now, it's from this. It's from the position that hip-hop culture is the popular music, and all the popular things on the radio is hip-hop culture. That's it. I saw a photograph that was made by Hip-Hop DX, one of the larger hip-hop websites online and they produce a lot of hip-hop um content and on the picture it's all rappers rick rubin the beastie boys and all rappers right and to me that was just like somebody needs to strangle them with a fucking adidas shoelace a yeah. shelto shoelace because hip-hop culture is much more than yeah. just a bunch of fucking modern rappers like where are the b-boys where are the graffiti artists where where are the djs in this in this picture and one of the things that bothers me about popular hip-hop today is that it seems to be a callous disregard for the people who created the art form or people things that advanced the art form and people in the past mm. i know we're a contact sport 
I know that we're a very highly competitive sport, but that doesn't mean that you fucking you throw away Muhammad Ali because he he's going to get his ass beat by you know George Foreman when Foreman is fighting you know 20 20 years after. It's just it's just so crazy to me that there seems to be a lack of knowledge and a lack of respect to the forefathers and they all of the terms that used to denote being a hip-hop head kind of turned into like these pejoratives these derogatory terms backpacker derogatory term old head this is got derogatory terms for people who are like trying to remember the past culture is is it like uh, being our age you don't want to get caught up in hating on the children because then you just come across as bitter and a hater or whatever like that but you can still judge your music for its inherent qualities it's an essential part of fandom to be critical i don't like everything that my favorite artists have done i'm not that much of a fanboy or a fanatic that i'm not critical of their music and it's it's, i don't know i'm going on a fucking rant about 45 years old i was gonna (laughs) say it's funny i was thinking the other day like nas has released an album this year and jay-z has released an album this year and i'm just kind of like oh yeah that's cool but i'm I'm gonna listen to this freddie gibbs real quick like it's kind of crazy to think jay-z and beyonce release an album and it's not like the zeitgeist of the culture anymore yeah that's true i mean it's opened up so much isn't it like i mean in the same way that there's, you know, um, like what you were saying before, like within hip hop, there are all these genres and stuff like that. Like it means that there's also these little sub communities of people online or in actual places where, like, you know, where, like, yeah, like someone like Freddie Gibbs is sort of the top of that, that, um, that family, well, not family tree, but you know what I mean? Like in that, in that world, like, yeah, yeah. those people are checking for Freddie Gibbs or like, um, you know, there'll be dudes that like could not give a shit about a DJ premiere being right. waiting for the new Flying Lotus right. shit to drop, or you know, someone maybe the uh, one of those trap guys down south, like one of those beat makers. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think that that's cool too. It's like you know, in the same way that we've got our own little community out here, that's you know, like it's hip hop, but it's also this Japanese part of it too, where beats are kind of more prominent here than rappers are, and DJing and graph and uh, b-boying are really around like it's not you know the japanese hip-hop scene is, is awesome like that like it's really not yeah. rapper centric you know but it's starting to be a little bit uh, i think yeah. in the last in the last few years but um i think i think it's cool man like yeah. i wonder what it's like in places like i don't know i wonder what's going on, what's going on in, in luxembourg I, I just saw in in Korea at some award show this rapper and it was just just a, a, a picture with like the um, with the closed caption on it in English or the translation in English and he and he was mentioning he said to all the uh, to all the rappers who are imitating uh, imitating uh, black culture and trying very hard to be thugs like stop it that shit is whack and yeah. that's kind of like the growing tide in the popularity of worldwide hip-hop is more so uh, when it comes to rap it's yeah. more focused on like the popular rap genres of like trap music and fucking snap music and 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 all the things that are removed from b-boy and graffiti and and turntableism it's interesting but here in japan like you said uh japan has two of like a shoot two of the the best b-boys out right now who are winning competitions and shit you know foundation there's there's all these cats um, here in Japan who are just phenomenal yeah. in the b-boying scene and turntablism mm. uh, the fucking DMC which happens later on this month by the way uh, the DMC uh, 
DJ Rena is like a 12 year old fucking turntableist prodigy Jesus. who is really fucking legit at every form of scratching. Wow. And, you know, so like hip hop, it, it, it's not a youth culture, but the youth are still doing like real four element hip hop shit. Yeah. And it's still it's still going like it's just problematic to me where the media and the people who are trying to make money off of the culture only show a certain segment of the culture and only focus on a certain segment of the culture. That's, that's definitely probably, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, another anniversary or highlight milestone mixed with youth culture or youth culture of the past. Uh, Low End Theory recently oh, closed its doors. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, final performance kind of surprised they announced it on the day of odd future was there i think it was just supposed to be tyler but, but then earl, earl was and out too. everybody else was yeah. there uh, yeah. except for a couple members i guess that's a that's an institution man i know they haven't been around for as long as like you know jay smooth's underground railroad which also shut down this year for reasons but but to see the jay low end smooth, go, the the host of yeah the host of fucking the underground railroad the longest running hip-hop radio show in the history of hip-hop he just stopped it because of their affiliation with some i think a white supremacist or uh some type of hate group that really? the, the radio the radio station was allowing to be played so he's like fuck it i'm done and i think maybe he'll move on to podcasting or something like that mm. but between the underground railroad and and the low end theory or the low end shutting down, it feels like a kind of a punch to, to the scene, but maybe it was time for the low end to go, you know? They 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 served like a really, they, they were really important to the proliferation of the LA beat scene and beat music in general, but you know, get out before it gets stagnant, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. People need to do something different, so. Yeah. I'm There's sure still outlets for that. Yeah, something's gonna pop up, man. They've got, sure. I think, bananas is also another event that's similar to low end out yeah, there in right. Los Angeles. But, you know, right. I, that, after that controversy with the gas lamp killer, I feel like the family kind of took a hit from low end. Yeah, right. Where gas lamp was accused of the the rape and like they kind of excommunicated him and and separated and brain feeder as well. Yeah, that probably hit the community because he was he was always there. You know, mm -hmm. he was he was. He was a regular there, yeah, a resident there, I think, even. But yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was a party I've never been to. Like, I would have liked to find out of that. I mean, Prince has been there. Kendrick Lamar shows up. Like, it it was something that was, it, it was so subculture, mm. but it was like kind of known by the people who, if you knew, you know. You yeah. Know, like that type of shit. But I bet right now though, somewhere. Like in LA or New York, one of those cities. Like, there's, there's got to be something that's just bubbling up yeah. right now. You know, like. Well, yeah, like uh, you're talking about before it gets stagnant. I'm noticing there's no do-over in Tokyo this year for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. So I'm like, the the, the Adidas event, mm -hmm. uh, the do-over. Mm -hmm. Huh. I wasn't gonna to go this that. year. Last year I got pretty drunk by like three o'clock and fucking <laughs> went home and fell asleep on the train on the Yamanote line and almost took that bitch all the way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We started drinking highball. Like no, two highs. We were there like, yeah. early. Yeah, we were there like nine o'clock on some idiot shit before <laughs> 9 o'clock <laughs> yeah it was pretty crazy do you have any more news uh, no I don't think so well shit um, I wanted to ask a couple more questions before we go into um, the weather forecast of upcoming shows so uh, we earlier between the break we were talking about you and I are both interested in uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and MMA yep and um, I wanted to know if you were to be a fighter hypothetically uh, what's your walkout music 
Oh, my walkout music. Uh, it's like a Miles Davis track. <laughs> well, man, probably it'd be something. It'd be something like that. But like, because it depends, right? Like, all right, is your walkout music something for you to get hyped to, or is it something to show everyone how bad you are? how you yeah. express yourself? Yeah, because if it's me, it's Potato Head Blues by Louis Armstrong, which is what it is sounds this? like that. It sounds like it's. It's the first example of like a clear improvised solo with individualism from like an instrumentalist, right? It's like 1920 or something, Potato Head Blues, recorded in New Orleans. And the stop choruses at the end of this tune, fucking like, they get me hyped every time. But it sounds super corny. Like, You're no one would like, be scared of me walking out to that song. Uh, you know? but it's like walking out to the old baseball music. Kind of, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Sweet Georgia Brown. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like that. But you know, your but opponent's it, 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 thinking like I'm gonna kick this guy. Yeah, yeah, so who like, the fuck is this yeah. dude? But you know, little did I know that that song's getting me hyped, man. Throw uh, those hands. <laughs> yeah, um, ready to choke somebody out. Yeah, man. What about for for the crowd? For the crowd, um, what would it be? I always feel like my shit is gonna. Uh, I would I would want to pick like. El Producto because I really like LPs kind of beats yeah. are kind of loud aggressive and they also have like a lot of that b-boy vibe aesthetic to it like yeah. probably like drums over Brooklyn just the beginning of that uh, yeah. those crazy drums you know they don't repeat they just fucking get live and, it, and the music kind of crescendos into the rapping and yeah I think maybe I'd come out to that to get me and, and the, the crowd, crowd hyped, hyped. yeah I'd probably, it'd probably be some DJ premiere track something from Gangstar maybe I don't know like yeah. 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 You know my steez. Yeah. Some, some, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's what's up. Mm. Uh, let's go back and forth on these uh, these last questions, Lee. Yes. So, you have a devil and an angel on your shoulder. So, uh, Hypothetical devil and angel. They're anyone who's notable in hip hop or jazz. Uh huh. Who is your angel and who is your devil? Oh, like who's an example of like good and who's... Well, uh, for yeah. you personally. Oh, for me personally? Yeah. Like you're in a Warner Brothers cartoon. And, uh, and the okay. devil's like, yo, steal that last slice of pizza. That's a, that's a good or one. Or like, oh, you got work tomorrow, but stay up late. Yeah. Here's a good Pornhub clip. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the... Fuck, that's a good question. I wonder if we should start asking our guests these questions before they get here so they have time sorry, to man. Yeah, 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I, I think I'll start doing that. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, no, it's good. I feel... It feels like it's of tremendous importance that you want to represent yourself very <laughs> well on this segment. Yeah, like, even well... if, if somebody asked me, like, I already knew the question. And even then, I, like, had to think about it. Like, do mm. I really want to say Red Man and Method Man here? But like, you know, that's what I want. I'd want two people who are kind of related in some way. So yeah. I'd want like, that's why I pick like red and meth. Meth being the good side and, and red being the devil. And I, I forget who my angel was, but my devil is like crunchy black or like I think your, trick daddy. your angel was Kanye and then... And then, uh, okay. and then, crunchy black or juicy J or something. <laughs> and, and I juicy J is actually good, perfect yeah. to be my devil. Yeah, yeah. He's Shut great. the fuck up! <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to do it in hip hop. I could do it in other genres, but oh, any, any, anybody that perhaps we'd know. Like, if you say some real crazy jazz musician that we don't know, we're just gonna be like, oh, word. <laughs> good, good choice. I'll Wikipedia that later. But, you know, like any, anybody, anybody you like. You know, I know, I know some jazz music. 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like DMX has to be in there somewhere, and I can't. I don't know if he's on. If he's, he's the actually, angel or if he's the devil. He's but actually a favorite. Yeah, he's been chosen like two oh, really? or three times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, for usually for the angel side, by the yeah. way. Because, yeah. Because you know, he's very spiritual. He's exactly. Very yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I feel like I feel like DMX would have to be the angel. Um, devil. Is there anyone really? devilish though it's hard to think of i don't know you think devil you think pure evil i don't really believe no no like for for me it's more or less just like like you know i'm not a pure evil person my devil is not going to tell me to like murder a child my devil is going to tell me like this motherfucker deserves to be punched in the face right now or you know what i mean like nah i'm just gonna i'm gonna eat this last piece of cake with a callous disregard of of late yeah even though it's his birthday party (laughs) you know like i'm just gonna do that yeah it might be fitz ambrose (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to think of like just trying to think of leaving gigs and being like yo you're gonna have one more (laughs) (laughs) yo shout out to fitz man i don't know fitz all that well we've interacted several times but man like there's something about the guy that I just find fucking cool as shit. Like oh, he man. has like he has like this really hat down low type of like he reminds me of so many people that I used to fuck with back in the states. Yeah. It, it, it's I, when I talk to him, I feel like I'm getting like a, an authentic person. That's oh, like Fitz all is, you're not gonna get yeah. no bullshit from him if he's not feeling it. He's he's gonna tell you that, and that's what I like about Fitz. Yeah, Great me, choice. me too. And he's like you know he's actually the angel and the devil really because like he's the amount like we talk a lot, Fitz and I like. Um, and we send each other music. I send him a lot of stuff, and like we, you know, go back and forth and, and give each other encouragement and stuff. But we also encourage each other in bad ways too, like getting drunk and just like you know talking crazy shit and stuff like that. So he's kind of both for me, really. Yeah, like, <laughs> amplifying. Yeah. I love it too. You know when Fitz is drunk when he starts talking like Ja Rule <laughs> oh, <laughs> with shit. his gruffly voice. Right. Like, no, I'm saying. <laughs> just go up and go up behind him and whisper, "It's murder." <laughs> Yeah, we How many want to die for me? <laughs> <laughs> we actually got some bars out of Fitz last yeah, time. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, didn't, we, we didn't put almost it in the didn't get it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't, I didn't put it on the episode. But he'll spit. Yeah. He'll spit. <laughs> yeah. 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 No doubt. He's dope, too, though. Like, Oh man, tremendously oh, yeah, yeah. talented. He cool a very hot. Super. Was it 16 or? He gave us at least had. 10. He yeah, gave us at least 10. Yeah, it was dope. All right, Tokyo question. Yep. Mary Fuck Kill. Yep. Family Mart. Yep. Lawson's. 7 Eleven. Alright, uh, 7-Eleven can die. Um, <laughs> I'd fuck, you know, I love when people say that. Fuck Lawson's and marry Family Mart. Yeah. We're we're on the same path. Oh, yeah? That's my choice as well. That's my choice as well. You know what I've I've recently discovered? It's new though. At 7-Eleven, they got a uh, spicy chicken. Oh. It's like uh, family chicken except spicy. Family Mart got spicy chicken too though. They've I been mean, having spicy chicken. I think this, all of... But this, this one is like red hot. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. I think all of these places have been listening to the podcast because they're all stepping their chicken game. <laughs> <Yeah. in. laughs> I've seen a lot more improvements here at these at these uh, convenies, man. Yeah. A I know, man. That, yeah, I know. The convenies are wild, right? Like, they're their own little kind of, like, micro, microcosmos. Like, it's, yeah. you know... It's a, I don't know you could live in one of those things for the rest of your life. Oh the, yeah. The reason why I pick Family Mart though is, um, this is like I want all the listeners to go and try to do this. Like if you're in Tokyo when you come visit, Family Mart has this sandwich called the Parisian sandwich. You know, it's like a little baguette, little French bread baguette thing, and it's got mayonnaise. Oh, is he about to say the cheeky? 
No, the El Chiqui Buns? El no, Chiqui no. Buns? No, no, no. The, it's called a Parisian. It's got like mayonnaise, cheese, lettuce, and uh, ham inside. You get one of those bad boys, and then go and get that spicy family mark chicken, and then put the cutlet inside the sandwich. I swear to God, like best best meal you'll ever. Have. I know Chicken I know chicken. Tokyo's got some some good food, but that that might be like the but greatest meal. But for two dollars, you, you got this whole amalgam. <laughs> Yo, don't come here for the sushi. Come here for the family mart chicken and the Parisian. Parisian when, when we eventually start doing MLS shows, the food has to be like the El Chiki buns <laughs> and Parisian. <laughs> right. Hey, that, that's what's up. Uh, one more question, Lane. Yes. Who is your favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan? Uh, Inspector Deck. Hey, maybe Inspector Deck. Like Ghostface, man. Like, you can't not say Ghostface. No wrong answers, man. Yeah, no, I think it might be Ghost. Just for body of work and like, you know, he you definitely know, has one of the best catalogs. Yeah, for I, sure. I would, I would go so far to say he does have the best catalog. Yeah, out, I think out of so. everybody. And I really respect like rappers that just rap. You know, they just rap. Like, I love that shit. And when you hear Ghost just rap over a song that exists, like, it's not even a beat yet. Like, it's just a, it's still an old soul Yo, song. I love him. that shit. Man. Yeah, the vocals are like in there a, and everything. A Delphonic song or yeah. Del, one of the yeah, Dells. Yeah, Delphonic. And he just raps over yeah. it. Yeah. That's, the track. That <laughs> yeah. shit is dope as fuck. Yo, like, like hold on, we're just gonna clear this whole track to <laughs> rap over like, and put it in the budget. Yeah, he, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's definitely top three for me for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ghost. What about your dark horse pick? A dark horse pick. Meaning meaning the person in the Wu Tang clan that doesn't get a lot of respect but you hold to a high regard. You got <laughs> Hey, I mean, I think that's the guy too. Him or Master yeah. Killer. Master yeah, Killer is the guys. Capadonna, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a huge Capadonna fan, actually. So, yeah, I would take a new Capadonna project right now, actually. Right. I love Capadonna. Yeah. So, uh, I oh, guess that's I do the... have one oh. more. Oh, shit. Let's do it. It's uh, not a question, it's a word association. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, I'll say a word and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, can it be a sentence or is it got to be just a single word response? Yeah, it can be, you know, a phrase or, you know, just okay. one word, however you feel. So like a, just a quick a quick response? Yeah, okay, like this is like a lightning round. Yeah, Mega, yeah, you can feel free okay, to jump in. Okay, okay, yeah, let me try that. All right, so starting off, big. Small. <laughs> Little. Small. <laughs> Small. <laughs> Small. Hey. Uh, Tokyo. Uh, Ikebukuro. Uh, the best right. venue in Tokyo to perform at? Uh, uh, unit, I think. Unit? Yeah. Mm. Uh, train. Uh, Sika. Best ramen. Best ramen is in Asahikawa in Hokkaido at some little spot that I wouldn't know how to get back to. Yeah. Island. Island. Uh, Conor McGregor. <laughs> right. Piano. Piano is, uh, well, me, I guess. Let me get some MMA questions on here. Conor McGregor or Khabib Nurmagomedov? Man, it's hard. I'm rooting for Khabib. Just because, you know. Oh, was the next match already determined? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going down in October or something. I'm rooting for Khabib just because, you know, like, he's a wrestler and, um, you know, he's from Dagestan. Like, you'll want to see those dudes win. Work. I feel like McGregor might get him, though, man. 
I don't know why, but like Khabib's, you know, fights standing. all start standing. Yeah, yeah. Takes a lot of punches. Yeah, totally. but his head is like his head is like a brick too. You know, it's full of concrete. So yeah, it's a it's gonna be a good one, man. It's gonna be super interesting. Like yeah, I think it's a really good matchup for considering all things considered it can go either way yeah no for sure and they like they you know they don't like each other like yeah. legitimately don't like each other which always makes it interesting like, after that shit that happened at the last UFC in New York right does he still have the title McGregor no no Khabib has the title now oh, okay it's an interim title but you know same they throw around interim titles like crazy now right. uh, Brock or DC ah uh, DC's gonna win yeah, that shit. yeah absolutely I don't know if I have any. Oh, uh, best tribe album, favorite tribe album. Man, you know what? I I really like the new one, like the one that came out. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> wasn't that surprisingly dope? Like I I like, didn't expect. They didn't drop the ball at all. I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. It's gonna suck, but it did. It was. It's fucking incredible. Like it sounds like a tribe album. But it also but sounds kind of modern and progressive. Modern. Yeah. yeah, it's. It's really unbelievable how they managed to walk that line, you know, like, it's fucking insane. But for those reasons, like, knowing how hard it would be to have made an album that sounded contemporary, but keep that element of tribe, and then to do it while, like, during fights, you know, like, um, problems and stuff like that, to incorporate all the artists that they had and make them fit within that tribe universe like Jerobi really came in and picked yeah. up the ball where you know Fife was off and and Buster Rhymes killed it yeah, yeah. it's like that yeah. that for me makes that the greatest yeah. tried record I think I love it too yeah and actually um, one of my favorite verses of the last few years is Buster Rhymes verse on Mobius oh, oh my god <laughs> it's it, what it so what it sounds like to me is that he just fucking was freestyling like uh, out of his book of rhymes and yeah. they just decided to chop one part out of like maybe a 10 minute verse from him yeah. it just sounds like he was just going off with bar after bar with callous disregard of where to end or begin <laughs> yeah. it's just such a fucking dope verse yeah. check out Mobius off that album that's my shit yeah man uh, let's see uh, we're about to talk about upcoming shows in Tokyo do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about um Daichi and I got some gigs coming up uh, in, you know, we're around uh, throughout like uh, September, October, playing in a lot of different places. I'm going to try to reach out to him and get him on the podcast. Yeah, man. Da- he should come through as well if, he, yeah, if you're for sure. busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be playing Tokyo Jazz Festival the 1st of September, then playing Morioka, uh, Ibaraki Jazz Festival right after that. And, where, um, where is the Tokyo Jazz Festival held? Uh, it's at the Koksai Forum, just near Tokyo Station. Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know who's coming out for that, but there should be some big names from the States. Um, but yeah, and then Daichi and I will be touring a little bit from September promoting this record. Um, yeah, I'm around. That's what's I'm up. Around, yeah. uh, and we usually, uh, when we find out about one of your shows is coming up, we usually throw it into the weather uh, the weather forecast as I well. I appreciate it, man. So Thank everybody you. pay attention to that, man. We're, we're talking about a tremendously talented dude. Uh, what other uh, what other shows do we have coming up late? Let me open up my phone and see what we got going here. Yo, uh, the day that you're listening on the 17th, Sonic Mania is going down. Uh, maybe you can still get tickets. I will be there. I'm definitely going to check out Flying Lotus and Parliament Funkadelic. And Thundercat is also going to be there. There are other people there, but... You know, whatever. Uh, Parliament just came out with a new album this year as well, too. So I imagine they're going to put a lot of material from that on there. Right. It's a weird-ass album, too. Like yeah. it, Some parts of it don't even sound like Parliament to me. Just, I don't know if I like it. 
<laughs> but it's like, <laughs> mm. yeah, the, it is new. I think it's called like Atomic Slum Dog or something like that. Oh, okay, I'll yeah. check that out. Medicaid Fraud Dog? Yes, Medicaid Fraud Dog. Yeah. Atomic Slum Dog. Because I, I remember looking at the yeah, title yeah. and I was like, yeah. what? You're right, you're right, you're right, <laughs> yeah. that's it. But uh, They had some the, rap on that shit. Yeah, I remember you played a track from that. Uh, the next day on the 18th, Nucleus and Surf Billy. It's going down at Heavy Six Zero for the 16th anniversary. That's right. Um, the day after, on the 19th Sunday, Kamasi Washington is playing his first of two shows. So that's the 19th and the 20th. That's going to be at Billboard. Uh, that Monday, the 20th, me and Akira are going to be at uh, Blue Jam Cafe in Azabu Juban. We're there every Monday. Smooth as eggs. We just play whatever the hell we want. Come and vibe out. And then on the 24th, that Friday... Uh, there's a lot of shit going down. Young Tokyo Festival, which is Taiga, uh, Ishwan, Spear of Influence. There's some other people there, too, like maybe Killer and some other people. Mm. I can't remember. Uh, that same day, the 24th, Otozure Volume 2 is going down. That's Kika Show, Kojo, Miki from Candy Town, BGKNB, Una and Matcha, and Mars89. And also that same day, Slow Lights is going down at Heavy Six Zero for the 16th anniversary. And I think that's every fourth Friday? Slow Lights? Something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Once a month, I think. And as we said before, on the 31st, which is Friday, Ali Shahid Muhammad and Adrian Young will be performing as the Midnight Hour. And that's at Billboard. So go and check that out. I wonder how out. much that is. I got to get to that. I can tell you right now. 6900 and 7900 for service. Hey. All right. I think I might go to that. Yeah. So if you go there, look for your guy Megaface. Absolutely. Yeah, that's going to be really dope. And truth be told, I'd really like to interview Adrian for the podcast, so hopefully that happens. That would be incredible. Yeah, that would be, be great. Yeah. And we're going to try to get you in there too, Aaron, if, if we get that interview I'll going. I'll definitely be That'd here. Be try to stop me. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> uh, we probably have to do that in like a studio, Noah. I don't know if they want to come out to Ikebukuro with all the scandalousness <laughs> and debauchery going on in the neighborhood. Yeah, Chinese people kicking each other. They better not come out here. <laughs> and that is right, right? You know? <laughs> we'll kick you. No, and that, that's not like a racist observation about Chinese people knowing Kung Fu. By the way, I did see that happen just the other day. Yo, let me tell you guys about this. Before we go, let me tell you guys about uh, this trip that I just took to uh, Okutama. I was out there swimming in the river during the rain the other day with my guy D. Dallinger and his son. And uh, this this person came by and I was like, uh, konnichiwa. You know, I said, I give her the hardcore Japanese hello. And she said, oh, I'm not Japanese. I know we all look the same, though. And then Damn. she walked off. She she walked off, and, and she was speaking, like, Chinese and English to... Uh, maybe she's from Hong Kong. She was speaking, like, Chinese and English to the dude that she was with. And I was just like, yo, I said konnichiwa because we're in fucking Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I, but I know we all look the same. I said, damn, you don't look anything like my wife. That's crazy. Or Jackie Chan. That's bitch. No, that's so, <laughs> so that's the takeaway. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought it was funny. She didn't say it in like a really nasty way, I don't think. But I was just like, 
I thought you were supposed to say konnichiwa. Yeah. All right. I'll speak to it. Like if I see another foreigner, I'll usually open up speaking Japanese because you don't know where that dude's from. Yeah. Like, they yeah. might not speak English. Like. Yo, that's like if somebody said uh, good afternoon to you in America, and you're like, oh, motherfucker, how dare you? <laughs> like yelling at them in Spanish <laughs> right. or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. It's just pretty funny to me. Now, I, I usually pull the Devin Morrison, and if I see a black guy, I'd say, like, all right now. <laughs> like, give it a hand I, If I just see a black guy, all right now. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's how it is. Shout out to Devin Morrison, man. Shout I hope everything's going well in Los Angeles. Yeah, Mega Late yeah. Show, episode number 44 with A.A. Ron. No, I'm just kidding. Aaron, <laughs> Jolai, super talented. And where can we find your music? Uh, on SoundCloud, on Apple Music, all that good stuff. Word, show links in the show notes. Yo, uh, is that Daiichi Project also? Um, uh, yep, that's on Apple Music. Uh, Yo, I gotta that that I'm gonna buy that vinyl, y'all. Yeah. Mega Late Show, 44, 2018. Motherfucker, you gon' die for this song I'ma put my fucking life in this song Little bit of love of ganja and snuff Fuck that, a bye, salt and slug Coming summer, I'ma mind going that salt I'ma die, kumata and small He no to eat die Combat, stay what? My chuck, they lie Compass for chuck Hey, 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 Babylon killing I'm a ninja, one the mission Dread done, I'll get you luminate Still the kitchen, shogun, kasagi Get you wallow, who, mommy, and a papi Get undressed now with the finest Bitches, they been on that finest Sniffing Tokyo dreams, they never sleep I got a muscle, you ベジ、デビンオンダファンネスネフィントキョドリンスデイネブスリーだからまさよめきがつけひがついたきょうとのしじんローズオブケチテアマダベンテダファンネスバスダファーデスソングアマポマファキンライフインデスソングリルビルル
by me and my boys Cause I'm not over the shit Home kid to the top in the middle Check your clock with the business And the block with the business Yeah, cook on the MS Mike, you got it in the night Cook out every single night My men were in the time I meant night It's a kind of day you got to keep a night Cold Joe, I catch you back And then go do what you want like I'm coming out shows I'm not a bitch,